And now, introducing the man who missed game one of the World Series after learning his local convenience store was running a sale on ice packs, saying, quote, I just had to see what all the fuss was about, unquote. His name is synonymous with Florida man. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. It was a great night last night. I... I Normally on a Wednesday after we did a show, I would thank you guys for coming out to the show the night before, but unfortunately last night was not the type of... We had a private show last night at the Center Club, so I thank the folks from the Center Club who were there last night, and I'm sorry you guys couldn't join us, but I've got good news. Good news is to be had. The first part of the good news is the show's available for you. You're going to be able to hear segment number one a little bit later on today uh, with Tyus Bowser and Deshaun Elliott, who was a tremendous guest. I mean, was just an excellent guest Last night with uh, Tyus Bowser. Um, so you'll be able to hear it. You can watch it at uh, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com slash video a little bit later on today. So that's, that's, that's some of the good news. The better news is you can come join us at Mother's in Timonium on Tuesday, November 16th for the next Tyus Bowser show. So you don't have to miss that one. It's all brought to you by Pressbox and Grade 8's memorabilia. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Of course, we love Grade 8's memorabilia and what they're doing for the community this holiday season. Find out how you can meet some of your favorite players and also help out those who need it with Thanksgiving food items by going to pre- or, uh, grade8smemorabilia.com is how you find out that information. Love what Chris and his team are doing to support the community. Uh, it is a big thing that we believe in and a big part of the reason why we are partners with them. So, uh, segment number one of the Tyus Bowser show a little bit later on with Deshaun Elliott. It was great. Uh, last night, uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, who, of course, you know from Project Game Day, she sat in with us as well last night, which was awesome. And I think she's going to try to do that more often, which I like a lot because she's great. So um, that's coming up a little bit later on in the program. Also today, Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, because we're doing our college basketball preview show on Friday. We move that to today. Uh, we'll get a feel for what's going on out uh, in Owings Mills during the bye. They have been working, and I don't know if it's would have looked different had the Ravens maybe been victorious on Sunday. They might have gotten a little more time off, but that obviously wasn't the case, so we'll talk to Bo about that. And also coming up this morning, we will check in with E.J. Henderson, of course, um, the pride of Aberdeen and uh, one of the greatest players in Maryland football history, of course, the... ACC Player of the Year in 2001 in leading the University of Maryland to the ACC Championship. They are celebrating the 20th anniversary of that ACC Championship this Saturday. We caught up with Ralph Friesen and Sean Hill yesterday. We'll chat with EJ Henderson today. He's also still, he got voted in a while ago, but because they didn't get to have a ceremony last year, he's still going to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, I believe, in December is when they do that. So, um, very well deserved and truly one of the greatest college football players I ever got to see and also a hell of an NFL player to E.J. Henderson during his time with the Vikings um, but one of the greatest college football players I ever saw uh, just an absolute monster on the field it was as a as a football fan locally it was quite the joy to be able to watch E.J. Henderson on Saturdays and then Ray Lewis on Sundays it was we were spoiled as far as Unfortunately, the uh, the tackling not quite as good in uh, in our lives these days. That's just the reality of the circumstances. Um, that's a great. I didn't know that from Matt Myers. E.J. Henderson. I posted him up in high school once, and he sent my baby hook into the twelfth row. 
And that was his second best sport. <laughs> that was in basketball. Um, we'll talk to EJ a little bit later on. So all that coming up on the program today. It's also Would You Rather Wednesday. I will uh, get back into that here momentarily as we weren't able to do it last week. But the scenarios are up. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio for you to play along. And I'm giving away $50 in Glory Days Girl gift cards this morning because we didn't get to play last week. So that's what's up, if you will. All right, uh, a couple things. Number one, I, um, I the Braves looked unbelievable last night. If you are rooting for the Braves, if you hate the Astros, you couldn't possibly be happier. A bummer for Charlie Morton, obviously, that his World Series is over. And a bummer for the Braves that Charlie Morton's World Series is over. Um, and, and yes, the, the fact that he was able to go back out there and but he striked. He got three more guys out after uh, he broke the the fibula, right? Like that's unbelievable. My God, what a what a tough dude. Um, the Braves are just sort of hoping that it won't be necessary. You win three games, and you won't have to worry about the fact that you can't go back to Charlie Morton uh, yep. near the end of the World Series. If you get to that point, you know, obviously they're definitely going to be disappointed in the fact they won't be able to go back to Charlie Morton. But they looked really good last night. And this is the thing that we keep talking about. You can say the Braves. For all of the conversation about the Braves not really being worthy of being there or maybe being the worst of the teams coming in, like, the, my God, since August, they've been unreal. They've just been absolutely unreal. And all they do is have a bunch of dudes that can hit. That's all. I mean, they, their lineup is just loaded. This hasn't been a team that's been carried by Freddie Freeman like teams in past years. I mean, he's maybe one of the weaker links in their lineup at this point. So let me ask you a quick question here. If – if they have Acuna, right? He's, yeah. a, he's about a seven-win player, yeah. right? So they go from 88 wins to 95 well, wins. So that right. one player suddenly makes them worthy of being there. I mean, I get it. It's, it's, it's Acuna. But one player is the difference for them for being worthy of being there or not well, be I mean, worthy of being the there? The worthy thing to me, it's a difficult... I, I, I'm not... I'm throwing that out there, but it's not something that I'm standing by. It's not... I don't feel that way. Right. right? It's like what other they, people They won saying. the division. That's, right. what, that's what happens. But it was easy for us to be dismissive. Like, when they won the division series and they were getting ready to face the Dodgers, the overwhelming majority of us were like, yeah, yeah, it's just... They don't really have a chance. It was so difficult to buy in to the Braves because they hadn't been that good during the course of the season mm. and they were without Ronald Acuna, right? right? So it was easy for us to be dismissive of them. Well, we got plenty of evidence that that's, that's not the case. I mean, they are this good. And, um, you know, this is the way the baseball works, right? Like, how many games did the Mariners win the one year and they didn't end up winning the World Series? 116. They didn't even, 116. They didn't even make the World Series. Yeah, they lost in the division round. Yeah, this is the way the baseball works. Like, I... It, I guess it's a bummer if you win 116 games and you don't make it, but that's the idea. The idea is they have a tournament. That's This is a sport. This happens all the time. I mean, the Patriots went 16-0 and and didn't win the Super Bowl. Like, this happens constantly. Sometimes teams that aren't quite as good just happen to play their best when the games mean the most. That's, that's sports. That, this is There's a litany of these examples. And... I, Maybe I'm overreacting to the one column that was written. I, I I do think that we were all dismissive of the Braves until they won. I, frankly, even when they were up 3-1 in the NLCS, a lot of us were like, yeah, okay, but you still have to 
We, we saw you do this a year ago. You still have to prove that you can win the fourth. And when they lost game five, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, boy, oh, boy, here mm-hmm. we go. And I just think there has been – and then you look at the Astros and like, God, they're so loaded, and you're going to Houston to start the World Series. And every single scenario you put in front of this team at this point, all they're doing is winning. They're just winning. When I was looking at the NL East all year, and I'm looking at the Braves, and they're two games under 500. They're right. four games under 500. I'm thinking to myself the entire time, the Braves are better than every team in this division. Why are they struggling so badly? Does Acuna make that much of a difference? So when they get, went on that run uh, on, from August 5th on, I'm not going to say I was surprised because I thought they were the best team in the NL East from the beginning of the year, and they were just underperforming. Well, okay, I don't disagree with that either. I don't disagree with that. Um, and I, I never really bought into the Mets. Like, right. I, I just Because they're the Mets. Right. And really, honestly, that is the reason, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's genuinely the reason. It's just because they're the Mets. So I hear you that they were they were more underperforming than they were. They were they were supposed to be a good baseball team, right? And it just took them a while to get there. Now, when they got there, they were a really good baseball team. But even that, you know, I think the other part of this, I think a lot of it, even if you were really into baseball, part of the problem is once you get to August, a lot of people that are casual, a lot of people that are sports fans start checking out on baseball because football's starting, right? right? So right. you're not paying attention to what teams are doing. But even if you were still keeping, you know, some tabs on what was going on in baseball, the Cardinals were getting all of the attention for their insane win streak. Right. So you weren't talking about how hot the Braves were because everyone was talking about the Cardinals. What the Cardinals were doing was so effing nuts that that was getting the majority of the baseball conversation, and the Braves were completely flying under the radar. And they still fired their manager. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals did. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. They did still fire their manager and hired a 35-year-old. Um, must, must be nice. My God. <laughs> I, wish I, I hope I accomplished He's something in my life. He's a kid to my, you and me. I hope that I accomplish anything in my life. Um, but, yeah, the, so the Braves were, were, were doing this thing, and it wasn't even nobody was even bothering to pay attention because it was more like the division's really bad, so... Oh, yeah, and the Braves went and won the NL East, but does it really matter all that much? They don't even have Acuna. They're, you know, it's, it's ni- it, I guess it's nice for their fans, but it's not going to matter all that much. They're three wins away from winning the World Series. It's I mean, funny it's that, you, that you put it that way, because even though I felt like the Braves were the best team and wasn't surprised to see them go on that run to win the division, it was still kind of the afterthought, like, well, it's nice. They won a division. They're back in the playoffs, but that's about it. Yep. You know, that's, that's the feel. Exactly the way that it felt. A hundred percent the way that it felt. Um, but here they are. Now, they still have three more games to win, and the Astros are still loaded and still capable. And remember, the Astros looked terrible for two games in the World Series and still ended, or in the ALCS, I mean, and still ended up uh, coming back to win that. So the fact that the Astros kind of got their asses handed to them last night, that doesn't say to me that they can't get up off the mat. Again, they got their asses handed to them twice in the ALCS. And game three or game four was about to be completely uh, away from them. Obviously, there was a little controversy there at the end. And they were able to spin that series on a dime in order to go win those last three games and win the ALCS. So the notion that one game being largely non-competitive, and that was the only bummer about last night, is like you sat down to watch the World Series, and by the time you looked up, you're like, oh, it's 3 nothing, and okay, it's 5 nothing, and you kind of didn't feel inclined that you needed to stay glued. What you're asking for in these moments is for those games where you have to watch every pitch. Oh, absolutely. Like, where there's so much drama hanging on every at-bat 
that you've got to watch. And you just didn't feel that last night. Like, at 5-1, as it got into the late innings, like, you know that the Astros are capable, mm-hmm. but yet you just weren't it, – it didn't feel that level of intense. Half the games this postseason have been like that. You've seen some nine to ones, some fourteen that many? to six. I mean, obviously the Red Sox Astros games were. Yeah, the the, the 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 games that the Red Sox won, they weren't particularly close. Yeah, correct. Right, and then yep. in, in the division series against the Rays, they won. They were winning games nine to two, fourteen to six. You know what I mean? So it's just like I feel like half the games I've sat down to watch have been blowouts. There've been some good ones. There've been some close ones. That Giant series was epic, but by and large, I've. I've it's like the non-competitive baseball by the fifth inning. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I I I didn't think about that. I mean, I feel like well, I, for some reason I feel like maybe it's because I wasn't I wasn't as in tune to the division series as I like. When, a problem being those division series. There's so many of those games that are in the afternoons or on the weekend, and so it's just harder for me to be as in tuned with those games. Like I kind of start checking in for every pitch of every game mm-hmm. in the um, in the championship series is when I'm utterly glued. And you're right about the two games, obviously, the Red Sox won, and even the one that the Astros won in that series before that. Like, the first three games were all kind of non-competitive in the ALCS, right. but those were also, if I remember right, two of them were games on the weekend, too, so I was also kind of not checked in for those. I feel like I'm like, I feel like in my head I've been watching really competitive. Well, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm recalling now I'm mistaken about the division series, because the last two games with the Rays and the Red Sox, the, Ru- yeah, the Red Sox won were, in the bottom of yeah, the ninth, and they yeah, won in the bottom right. of the 13th. So I, right. I was mistaken about that, but there was a 14-6 game in there. All right, so yeah, uh, game one goes to the Braves, and that story continues to be really amazing. I mean, it's just a really amazing story what the Atlanta Braves have done. Game two is tonight, um, and then they'll be off tomorrow before the series shifts to Atlanta. And boy, what it, what a story it would be. Although I am reminded, I'm thinking about the scenario where Atlanta goes in up 2-0 and gets to go home, but isn't that exactly what happened in 96? Mm-hmm. Where they were up 2-0, and then the series went from New York to Atlanta, and me still angry about the Jeffrey Mayer thing. I'm all like, well, yeah, they're going to – but take that. At least you're not going to win the World Series. And all of a sudden, the Yankees win four straight. Andrew Ugh. Jones had like a multi-homer game oh, as a 19-year-old well. in the World Series. Well. The Yankees win the next four. Yep. The uh, the Jim Laritz game. And didn't Jim Laritz turn out to be a really bad guy, or didn't he end up involved? Probably. In a lot of them turn out to be really bad guys. Uh, John Wetland turned out to be one of the worst human beings of all time. My God, what a horrendous story that was a couple years ago. You know, I didn't hear that story. I'm going to have to look oh, it up. Oh, God. It is truly disturbing. I mean, like, one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard in my entire life. So, yeah, enjoy that. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. All right. Um, so, that's, I mean, really, that's what's going on. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was pressing. A lot of you uh, were wondering why we hadn't talked about the the Tom Brady ball thing. First of all, the answer is I don't care. But secondarily, it works its way into Would You Rather Wednesday today. So hang tight; it'll end up coming up. Um, what was there was something? Else. I feel like there was something else. Ah, I don't remember. I don't remember. If I if I think of it, I'll I'll come up with it. I got nothing. I haven't heard anything as far as a. A, a substantial Ravens trade rumor. Like, there are plenty of things that are thrown out there that are, like, hypothetical. I've seen them connected to Andre Dillard, the Eagles tackle, but in, like, hypothetical ways, not in someone actually reporting, I've heard the Ravens have interest in so-and-so, in, like, some guy that writes for some site being like, well, wouldn't it make sense if that... So that doesn't... That's not a thing. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything, and we take nothing from that, and... I get it. We all we are all looking for clicks. We're all fishing for clicks this time of year. 
but um, that's that's of no value. And we're still a week away too at this point from the uh, trade deadline, so we'll continue to monitor that. Let me throw out the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios. As I said, we're giving away a fifty dollars in Glory Days Grill gift cards, which is perfect because you can still take advantage of Glory Days Grill's October Fest menu, which includes. The delicious chicken schnitzel, the brewer's sausage platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich. Of course, you get that brewer's sausage platter with the mashed potatoes, and they do that bit where they uh, they cook the onions in with the mashed potatoes, and I attempt to go swimming in them because they're so perfect. Uh, the apple cobbler, the slam dunk pretzels, the Prussian pretzel rolls, it's all there, and I don't know how long it's there for. They haven't told me yet when it goes away, which is going to be a very sad day in my life. I'm going to need someone to come over and console me. I'm going to need at least three solid hugs the day that the Glory Days Grill Oktoberfest menu goes away because that will be a very sad day for your boy. The Glory Days Grill Oktoberfest menu is available right now. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Stop into your neighborhood Glory Days Grill and enjoy all of these wonderful flavors. Three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. Number one, as I was referencing, with that uh, Tom Brady ball situation. Number one, you were the guy that got Tom Brady's 600th touchdown ball. Would you rather take the package that the guy got and be viewed favorably by your favorite team and their fans? Or, F that, I'm getting out of that stadium with that ball and I'm selling it for $500,000. Would you rather number one? Number two, would you rather, uh, you know, supply chain issues have become a real problem for us in this country. Supply chain issues mean that for the next 24 months, all beers and seltzers that will be available, the only beers and seltzers that will be available for the next 24 months will be pumpkin and pumpkin spice flavors. That continues into the winter. That continues into the spring. That continues into the summer. You want to sit around and drink a nice refreshing uh, seltzer water, maybe a nice mango, a nice black cherry seltzer water? No. You will have one option and one option only. It will be pumpkin flavors for the next two years. I'm so sorry. That's the way it goes. I didn't create the supply chain issues. I can't solve them either. That's what we've got. Or, or you can have All of your various uh, lagers, your porters, your uh, light beers, your seltzers, you can have all of those things back. But instead, all snack foods, popcorn, peanuts, pretzels, chips, candy, all of it, instead, for the next two years, will all be pumpkin flavored. Sorry. Sorry. Should have stockpiled what you liked. Made that mistake. That's all that's going to be available for the next two years due to these supply chain issues. We can't do anything about it. This is the reality of it. Sorry. And number three, would you rather? Uh, A rare three-optioned would you rather. We don't do these very often. Would you rather? The Baltimore Ravens can make one move before the trade deadline. Would you rather it be for a reserve tackle? Someone else's backup running back, but who does have a bit of a burst. Or for a veteran inside linebacker known as a sure tackler. Those are your three options. 
for the third Would You Rather Wednesday scenario. Those are your Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios. They're up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Let's, um, let's go ahead and at least respond to number one right here before we got to take a break. Number one, you're the guy. So in this scenario, you're a huge Buccaneers fan. Because remember, that guy was a huge Buccaneers fan, right? You love the Buccaneers. You're the guy that came away with Tom Brady's 600 touchdown ball. Would you rather take a, a very solid uh, package that was offered to you by the Buccaneers, some Bitcoin that, that Rob Gronkowski and uh, former Terp Mojo Raleigh threw in there for whatever reason? I don't know what that's all about. Um, you take that package and everybody down there likes you and you're a popular guy. You did the right thing by a, a popular player. Thumbs up all around. Or would you rather say, no, nah, F that. I can get $500,000 of that ball. I'm getting out of that stadium with that ball. Which would you rather, Paul Valley? I start with you. All right. So, one, before we any of these scenarios, Tom Brady should have offered the guy $500,000. He's got more money than God. But anyway. Whatever. $500,000 would literally change every aspect of my life. I understand that. You know? However... I don't think as a person I have it in me mm-hmm. to not give the ball back. Mm-hmm. And there's no way you're making it out of that stadium with that ball. There's just no way, right? Um, What do you mean by that? Like someone's going to attempt to murder you on the way out in order to steal the ball I from mean, you? And, and, unless you have... Sec- I think you're over uh, underestimating how callous people can be. No, uh, I mean, I, I hear you. Like, I, I get it. Unless you have security escort you out, which uh, might be the case, oh, right. it might be I mean, the yeah, case. I would, I would like to think that that there, someone who works as an officer isn't going to put you in jeopardy just because they're mad you didn't trade, give Tom Brady his touchdown ball back. Right, right. But a lot of a lot of home run balls that were very significant were left the stadium. I mean, remember yeah. the in the McGuire Sosa chase, like the overwhelming majority of those balls. Ended up, I mean, Todd McFarlane, the guy from Spawn, ended up with most of those balls. I think he even got the Barry Bonds ball once upon, after that point. Like, But meaningful collector's items have, have left stadiums without the teams getting them back. The more I think about it, because he probably gets that offer after the fact, I'm probably keeping the ball. Okay. I'm probably keeping the ball because $500,000 absolutely changes my life. And, yeah, I'm, See, this I'm, is I'm fat, keeping the this, ball. This, I, I can't... I did not care at all about this subject, like this, because I don't. Who cares? Tom right, Brady exactly. means nothing to me. But the response to this truly has fascinated me, and and this just might be the nature of who I am as a human being. I didn't do anything to earn this ball, right? Yeah. Like this is maybe one of the things that like bothers me the most. I'm not. Um, I, people talk about like inheriting money from someone. I'm like, yeah, I didn't. That's not my. Mo- I didn't do anything to earn it. Like mm-hmm. I. I, I, if I'm going to get money, I'd like to have uh, done something. I'd like to have accomplished something. And somebody said, well, you're, you know, if you won the lottery, you wouldn't take the money? Like, no, I mean, I bought, but I don't buy a lot of lottery tickets, but I bought some lottery tickets over the years. I, I am at the stage of my life where money given, I swear to God, like my parents will still give us money sometimes at like Christmas. And I'd be like, I, I love you. Thank you. It's very nice of you, but like, not necessary. <laughs> Just not necessary. Um, I, I I am the type that I want to have earned something. I didn't do anything to earn that ball. It was just right. flipped to me. Like, that's it. That's all that happened there. Like, it was nice. But, like, the guy made a mistake and flipped me the ball. Like, hey, man, take care of me and, like, do some do some good things for me. And, you know, I, of course, it's your ball. I didn't. This isn't mine. 
I'm just sitting here. Like, that's all that yeah. there is. And this package that the guy got, um, two signed jerseys, a, a helmet, a Tom Brady helmet, a signed Mike Evans jersey, game-used cleats, $1,000 from the team store, two season tickets the rest of this year and next year. And by the way, I'm not sure if you've heard, the Buccaneers are really good. And the guy threw in a bunch of Bitcoin, too. Yeah. It's a pretty freaking good package. It's a it's a good package. It definitely For, is. Like, and and you're an, a right guy by the team. Like, yeah. at some point, you might down the road. Like, you clearly made connections with the team in order to work this deal out. And in three years, if you're trying to do a charity thing for, like, your kid's Little League team, to say, hey, like, remember a couple years ago I was the guy that traded you the ball and I was just wondering if maybe you would be willing to donate something for a raffle for my kid's Little League team. They're probably a bit more inclined to say, yeah, man, like you were the right guy. We're willing to help you out. Like you did a a favorable thing for us, and so we're willing to help you out down the road. Like the value of, of that, of a relationship to me, is the uncalculated part about all of this and doing business. And somebody would say, well, this is why you're not a good businessman. Everything comes down to cold, hard cash and nothing other than that. And like, hey, you might be right. I have probably overvalued relationships in my life ahead of things like that. But I'm blown away by how many people are like, nah, F that, I'm walking out of that. But what did you do to earn? What? Why is that? What is the world? You know, in a lot of sports, you don't get to keep that ball. Like, yeah. I'm a huge tennis fan. Ball ends up in the crowd. You have to throw it back. That's the way it goes. Like, I, they could just implement that rule in all sports if they wanted to, and then this thing doesn't become a problem any longer. Like, they could just say, you don't get, these are ours. You don't get to keep these. What are you talking about? Ball ends up in the crowd. You got to give it back to us. Like, that's the way that it goes. Tennis really does that? Legit. The ball that's, ends up. That's insane. Ball ends up in the crowd in <laughs> tennis. They literally come right over to you, and there's like a ball kid waiting. Like,. <laughs> Give it, give me the ball back. <laughs> like that's the way that it goes. Um, now the now they do a different thing. Like at the end of the match, uh, the U.S. Open famously, the whoever wins the match will sign three tennis balls and smash them into the crowd mm-hmm. for somebody to, to leave with. Like they do that. But if during the course of the match, um, a ball goes into the crowd, they will literally. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's possible. Like if they couldn't track the ball, like at those big stadiums, they couldn't track the ball. They wouldn't come ask for it. Mm. But like it goes into the fourth row. I swear, there's a ball kid immediately running over there. That's insane to insane. me. Well, the ball. here's the thing: as a single man, the the package that the Buccaneers gave that guy. Oh my gosh, I'd I'd been flying high. I would have jumped on that immediately. But now, oh, I, you got to answer to your wife, you and she's you, gonna be mad that you didn't. You well, know, no, like, but see, Laura's not the type, right? She she would be like, no, you totally give that ball back. Like she. But ah, then, okay. All right. She, that, Respect. So, Laura, Laura's Respect. cool. She's she's like that. Um, one of the things I love about her. But I'm not sure my wife would be the same. This is not a. We went to a. Re- my wife. This is so random. Loves John Cena. I can't explain it to you. She <laughs> always has. When we were dating, she, my roommate and her used to watch wrestling together. Like, and she just loved John Cena. She's all in she, the Bumblebee movie, the whole deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she loves John Cena. We one night. We're going to wrestling with our buddy uh, AJ, who's now top dollar on SmackDown. And he was sitting. We had already got. This is a very funny bit. He calls me the night before. He's like, hey, I need two more tickets for tomorrow. I'm like, who do you think I am? Like, what are you talking about? But I, I called a friend, and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get you two more tickets. No problem. So it was me, my wife, AJ, and our buddy Aaron, who's all part of jobbing out. And so, because my wife was gone, I'm like, well, we'll sit in the, f- the original seats that we had, and you guys can have these new seats wherever they are. Turns out those new seats were in the front effing row. So I really botched that, because I gave up those front row tickets. 
not a joke, John Cena throws his hat into the crowd, and we, because we're not that far away, we see that AJ caught it, right? And we're like, oh, that's amazing, right? Like, that's so cool. And I'm like, well, AJ knows that my wife loves John Cena. He'll make sure she gets the hat at the end of the night. Well, AJ, like a jerk, gave that hat to a child. Like, said, I'm going to give the hat to a child sitting nearby because that's the right thing to do. And my wife was beside herself, furious. <laughs> I mean, furious, has not let AJ live down the fact that he gave that hat to a child instead of giving it to her. Never let him forget about it over the years. I'm like, well, baby, it's probably the right thing to do. He gave the hat to a kid that was sitting nearby. Yeah. I wanted it. <laughs> not a joke. Not a joke. Uh, your wife's a lot of fun. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, um, sometimes too much. So, uh, look, man. I, I, I'm, bef- I'm, bef- I'm blown away. I'm blown away by this response. This, nah, forget that. I'm getting at like somebody. A couple of responses that I had come in. I'd like to take a break. I really, I, we need to take a break okay. if we can. Um, from uh, this one was from uh, my man Seabass. Only thing that team rep would have seen of me is ass and elbows as I ran out of that stadium. Money is money. From Chris, don't care. Don't care how much they offer. There is no chance that it's better for me to negotiate with one team than it is to negotiate with anyone in the world who might have wanted that ball. I'm getting out of the stadium and getting as much as I can. It might have been more than 500000 I just, I just don't understand the thought process. I just don't get it. You didn't earn that. I can sit here and say I'd take the five hundred thousand, but in the in the moment, th- there's no way I'm not giving that ball. Tell you, the moment that somebody walks over and is like, "Hey, yeah, that was kind of an important ball. We screwed up." Like, there's w- no way I'm not giving. We're it gonna back. take care of you. Like, we can get you sign this, sign that, the whole thing. Like, yeah, man, of course. Like, of course, it's an important ball to Tom Brady. He's a little bit more important than I am. Like, it's just the way that I operate. I saw that Bitcoin was worth like sixty three k. So that's a nice. Yeah, that's not change. bad. That's that changes bad. my life too. That's oh, not. Yeah. yeah, that's that's helpful. I yeah. take that. You know, you can sell those jerseys if you want. You can sell. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that you can do whatever you want with. It's not going to be five hundred thousand. Like, I get it. Like, it's you're not going to make up that difference right. in in five hundred thousand. But still. All right, continue to get me your responses for that and the other scenarios. We'll talk about them as the morning goes on. When we come back in, Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka joins us. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com what's up everybody this is Taz bowser i can't wait to see you guys for the Taz bowser show this fall we're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area you can meet me and my very special guests if you can't make it out you can watch the show on live on pressbox facebook page or listen the next day find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. 
The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to live casino and hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at live casino and hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Continue on here on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. You know how much I love Window Nation. You can buy two free, or when you buy two windows, you get two free. I guess I should say it that way. Buy two windows, get two free. With the fall is calling sale, buy four windows, get four free. There's no limit. You buy eight windows, you get eight free. I, I, this math continues to work forever. With Window Nation's Fall is Calling Sale, find out more by going to windownation.com or you can give them a call, Window Nation, 866-90-NATION is the phone number. And don't forget, you're paying nothing, nothing at all for two full years with Window Nation, the perfect fit. Um, I did not know this. Uh, thank you, Brian Powell. Apparently, uh, the Johns Hopkins women's volleyball team is looking to make some NCAA history tonight as they look for a 61st consecutive win. That's remarkable. Wow. Congratulations. I had no idea. I did not know that. That's a very cool story. Um, they go for that tonight against uh, Washington College. Um, I guess for the moment, as we try to figure out what's going on with Bo, it's very unlike him, we'll, um, we will continue Would You Rather Wednesday. Oh, you know, we can also move some things out of order this morning and see if we can't re-coordinate. I never know, I never know what to do in these circumstances. I, I prefer it when plans come together. That's a better thing for me is when the plans come together. I guess let's keep uh, uh, doing Would You Rather Wednesday, and we'll give it a couple minutes. And if uh, we hear back from Bo, then we'll, uh, we'll chat with Bo then. Uh, would You Rather num- Number Two. Everybody, everybody, by the way, is saying they would have sold the phone. It's just crazy to me. It's crazy to me. See, you say that because it's like 500 grand. Okay. And uh, but uh, and there are people that said that they think that he could, the guy could have gotten more than 500 grand yeah. for the ball. There are people that are like, oh, I think somebody would have been willing to pay a th- million dollars for that, for a Tom Brady ball. Like it, for a record, you know, it, it was only the record for a minute, right? He's going to throw a lot more than 600 touchdowns. It's more just it's a round number. Like, it, that's all. I don't really understand. Honestly, I don't really understand 
why this particular ball would be so valuable, right? And like, I it's a it's a round number. I understand yeah. that, but like the record had already been broken. It's not going to be the last touchdown that he throws in his career. Like the last one would presumably be the the most important one because that's the one that establishes whatever the record is going to be, right? Like you, there's first there's the record breaker. There's the one that actually breaks the record for the most touchdowns, and then. After that, I, w- I would just think it would be the last one that would be all that significant. I'm not really sure why this one in particular, the 600th. People like round numbers. I guess, but like I don't, I don't remember 600th home run balls being balls yeah, that were a big deal. I mean, 500 home runs I know are a big deal because like that's the elusive 500 home run club. Right. I don't remember 600th home well, runs. Well, there's only being. like seven guys who have ever hit 600 home runs, so that's a that's a big deal. I mean. Why is the seat that Eddie Murray hit to his 500th home run to orange, uh, and not like his 504th? You know what no, I mean? Because 500, but we've established 500 yeah. as the number. 500. It's like 3,000 hits in baseball. We, you know, we've we've established in that sport that that number is heralded and significant, and like then after that point, I, I guess part of the reason is because there's only so many players that have ever hit 600 home runs, mm-hmm. but. It just doesn't – 500 was the number that got you into the Hall of Fame, right? Like, that was why it mattered so much. It was a very big deal. I remember it's like – and, and it, you're right about round numbers in general because I also remember, like, Cal Ripken hitting his 400th home run was – we treated it like a big deal when mm-hmm. the truth is it, it's not really a number that we've held up as being significant. It's just that it's a round number. And I think the Capitals did the same thing. Do the same thing with Ovechkin every time he gets to a hundred uh, goals. Hundred, yeah. Like, despite the fact that I, I don't even know, and off the top of my head in hockey, what the what the heralded number is. What's the number that this is the one that matters the most versus just him going after Wayne Gretzky's record, whether he's going to get there or not. You know, who knows? Um, but everybody, everybody's lining up that way. It's 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 wild to me that that is the response for number one. They say that, but put yourself, you're removing yourself from the situation. When you, If you are in the moment, you're giving that ball back. Like, I, I imagine if you're in the moment, most people are giving that ball back. I I think so. I do. I also think that, like, it, to, what, to, to the point that you made, not that I think that you're fearing for your safety, it, it actually, you're going to have to do the work now. Mm-hmm. In one moment, this can all be out, off your plate, and you're going to be rewarded very nicely. Handsome, yeah. And you don't have to think about it ever again, right? Like, you can just be done with it. Versus if you decide, nah, hell no, I'm, t- I'm keeping this ball, I'm walking out of here. I, by the way, I've also, I was told by somebody in the memorabilia industry, le- like, in the last 24 hours, if you don't give them the ball, the teams will oftentimes say, well, we're not going to authenticate it for you. Like, as, like, part of, like, rough negotiating. Wow. Like, we're not going to authenticate it. Now, presumably... You, it will be known by everyone. Like they saw that you were the guy that had the ball, but like the problem being that somebody could say, "Well, without the authentic uh, authentication, we don't know that you didn't switch it out for another ball." Like, how do we know this was the ball? Who are you calling in that moment that's going to come protect the value of the? Like, who do you know? You get handed a football. They say, "Well, just be aware, we're not authenticating it for you. Mm-hmm. You're on your own. Sorry." Like, who are you calling to say, I'm at the stadium, I need you to meet me right at the gate so that I, you can get a notary public or something like that to try to make up this authentication that they wouldn't do for me at the stadium. I, there's a lot of work 
that suddenly goes into this, when you make that decision, there's an awful lot of work that becomes involved. And other people that are getting a cut of your $500,000 because now you need an attorney and now you need, you know, like you need all, now you got to pay taxes. Now you got to do all these other things. Whereas the Buccaneers just give you a, a signed Mike Evans jersey and all that sort of stuff. You're like, you know what? I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about this ever again. I'm on. I'm, I'm on. I'm, uh, I'm on to Cincinnati, as, as Bill Belichick <laughs> might have once said. All right. Number two, would you rather? Would you rather supply chain issues force all beer and seltzers for the next 24 months are now going to have to be pumpkin spice? Just the way it goes. That's the way it is. Supply chain issues, man. That's all we're going to have for 24 months. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice, beer and seltzers. That's it. All year long. Or, or all snack foods for the next two years. Nothing but pumpkin, pumpkin flavored. I am a snacker. Mm. I am a big time snacker. So beer and seltzers. I can, unless it's a Sierra Nevada, which I think is the worst beer of all time, I can drink a beer that's not great. By the way, this I'm sorry. Matt, this is a great ar- ar- argument from Matt Myers, who says you could also perhaps come away with a personal relationship with that. Like, well, you said that. Well, basically. I talked about the team, yeah. right? But like he's saying with the with the player themselves, and I I don't. It's probably quite difficult to get to, Tom Brady is a level of famous. Matt Myers was saying, well, in this scenario, imagine if it had been Joe Flacco in Baltimore. I I don't know. Joe Joe is also not. I don't know that Joe was looking for more friends. Um, <laughs> and I like Joe. I mean, it's not. A, he's just not. That, he wasn't that type necessarily. It's Tom Brady's a level of famous. He's like Oprah famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a different type of world. I don't know if you're going to end up becoming friends with Tom Brady, but. Yeah, you might get to know whoever Tom Brady's representative is in the process, and maybe you know he might be willing to do you a favor down the road too, right? Like reach out and say, "Hey, you know." So th- yes, there's a personal relationship aspect that could come from it as well. Yeah, yeah, good call, Matt. Sorry, go ahead. So, I can, if I'm watching football and I just want to drink a beer, there's a particular beer that Duke Law makes. I'm not going to name it. That I don't I don't necessarily care for, but if it's what I have in the house, I can drink it. Laura got a, a year supply of um, Duclaw because she won uh, Drew Forrester's Twitter of the I year. I enjoy Duclaw beer. And I enjoy we, a little sweet baby Jesus in my life. Yeah, she she got a year supply, and there's one of them that we don't particularly care for, but I can drink it if I'm watching football and I want a beer, and it's what I have that's mm-hmm. cold. Uh, snacking foods. Chips, peanuts. Because that was what Bill Belichick said the other day. Somebody said, "What's your favorite beer?" And he said, "Whatever's cold." Yeah, basically whatever's cold. Snacking foods. No, I, I, I need options. I'm a big time snacker. I need options. Okay, I, I'm. This is tough for me because I don't really drink any longer. Right. So might as well go ahead. And I, you know, I like pumpkin beers. If I'm, you know, now do I want one in the summer? No, I don't. I don't want it when it's hot outside. I'm not I'm not interested in that. But I drink so rarely that it's not going to impact me whatsoever. So I really have to transpose myself into a time in which I was more of a, a, a consumer, when I was more of a drink every day that ended in Y type of man, right? Like, I got to think back on those days and try to have this conversation because the current Glenn is not a good response for this answer. I think I'm probably with you. I think the answer is probably I don't really want a pumpkin beer in you know that 
when you get that first warm day, like in May, and you're just like, ah, oh, summer's coming, you know, like this is on the. I don't really want to sit down and have a a pumpkin on that day. Like that's <laughs> not what I'm looking for in my life. But what I really want is to sit around at a barbecue on the Fourth of July and and dump a bag of chips down my gullet at some point. And I definitely don't want those to have to be pumpkin-flavored potato chips. Do they make pumpkin? They do. They, they do. do. I assure you. In fact, you know, I've uh, I have I've, I've preached that the Thanksgiving-flavored potato chips that the uh, the uh, the old Joe Traders made, uh, those are Vundavar. I mean, like those are absolutely wonderful. Uh, potato chips like they are a top three seed perhaps potato chips those thanksgiving chips there i did discover a new potato chip a couple of weeks ago yes i've only seen them at wigman's mm-hmm. it is the cape cod brand himalayan sea salt and yeah, red wine vinegar i've tried those they're not bad they're delightful they're not bad, they're not bad. i am uh well, typically the we have a rule um with the uh, we have a, a couple that were friends where we call them the gatsby's Mm-hmm. Uh, because because they were the first friends of ours that owned a boat, and so like oh how fancy You're, it's like the going to the party at the gas, and they they used before they had kids they hosted all the parties really. I mean like mm-hmm. we uh, we my wife and I host one big party every year. We used to host a couple more than that. We used to used to have a big Christmas party, uh, but we're down to one party a year any longer that my wife and I host. Uh, but the Gatsby's were regular party hosts, and so we were we would we jokingly refer to them as the Gatsby's. They were the party hosts. They had a boat. They were the Gatsby's. So uh, one of the things when we get together, even if it's not for a party any longer, like even if it's just you know us and the kids getting together with the Gatsby's and their kids, um, I try to do a chip tasting party as part of the festivities. And we have a rule nice. that we go over to the local uh, uh, supermarketo and we we find all of the, um, the the flavors of potato chips that perhaps we haven't tasted before, and we bring them with us to the Gatsby's because the play for me is that means I can have maybe three or four of said chips. And not the entire bag, which is what would happen at home. I had the same rule with Oreos here at the office. If there was a new flavor of Oreo that became available that I had not tried yet, I would purchase them, but then immediately bring them here to the office back when we used to have people at the office. Mm -hmm. And that way I could have, I could try the new flavor of Oreo, but then I would leave it out for everyone else in the office to consume the Oreo so that I wouldn't find myself eating the entire box in one day, which I'm capable, I was capable of doing at that point in my life. And I will tell you, Utz used to make, and it was a, on special occasion, a Yingling brand buffalo potato chip, buffalo oh. sauce potato chip, and it was fantastic. That's a that's Th- a decent one, but the buffalo blue chip from the Kettle Chip Company is that's that is perfection in a potato chip. I'm gonna have to that look is, for it. That never, is never absolutely the greatest chip that uh, you could ever ask for. We did a definitive power rankings chips once on this program. I don't remember exactly how that played out for us. But the moral of the story, the moral of the story is I'm probably in agreement with you in relation to like I need even even when I was at my 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 highest level of alcohol consumption, I would need snack chips to be the case. Um, uh, by the way, most responses probably coming in the same way, Nick Kelly. Uh, I enjoy pumpkin beer much more than the snacks, so I can go with that for 24 months in order to have my various assortment of snacks. John from Little Rock, I take the beers being pumpkin. Don't mess up with my snacks. Some pumpkin beer brands are really good. Bryce, I'm generally a whiskey guy, so number one, easy. Even if you make all the whiskey pumpkin flavored, still, I eat snacks way more than I drink. I appreciate the honesty. Um, oh, I, this is good. BF, 
says is uh is saying that th- no he would just give up snacks and say it would be a, a good time to start that two-year diet he's been waiting to start beer is so. arguably worse that's a good point too actually bf i don't know that might might uh might have to think about it the other way um uh, have <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah that's the good stuff still right hanging there. around god um steve yeah steve if you're a non-drinker you can't ask this question can't do that. Uh, Doug, pumpkin liquids it is. Uh, from uh, Joe says, give me the pumpkin snacks. Really, Joe? Really? Uh, Mark, I guess I'm basic. I enjoy pumpkin drinks. Not sure how it would translate to all snacks. Continue to get me that response. And let's just go ahead because, you know, we're here. Why not? We'll just finish it up with number three. Would you rather Wednesday? Also brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Number three, would you rather the Ravens can make one move before the deadline? It'll work. Stop it with the uh, the cap. They can make one move before the deadline. Would you rather... It's for a reserve offensive tackle. And by that, I mean someone who doesn't immediately step in as a starter on day one. Like, not somebody who couldn't be a starter, but someone who isn't immediately the starter on day one. Or for someone else's backup running back, but who has a burst. Or for a veteran inside linebacker who's known as a surefire tackler. Those are your three options. Paul, you're first. I am... If I'm getting Pollard from Dallas or if I'm getting Madison from uh, from the Vikings, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I might look at running back. Linebacker, I'm not as worried about as I am offensive line. I'm, it, is the offensive line... I, I, I don't have your would-you-rather up on my screen. Is the offensive line... Um, lineman, is he like a starting caliber? Is he back? He could be, but he doesn't immediately. Like right now, we're presuming with Patrick McCarry out that it's Villanueva and Tyree Phillips that are the starters for the Ravens. He's not immediately. Is it's not someone who's so good that like you have to make them the starter on day one. It's someone who could well be the starter maybe three weeks down the road, something like that. Sure, but. Not immediately. This isn't somebody. Who, this isn't when they traded for Marcus Peters a couple years ago, and you're like, well, obviously he's a starter. Okay. Um, you can make the argument the Ravens already have three backup running backs on their team. Uh, I think that with Nick Boyle coming back, you can get better blocking um, up front. So I'm going to take the veteran linebacker because their big issue, th- their offense can keep pace with a lot of offenses. I think even with the issues they have in the running game and on the offensive line. If you can't tackle guys and you're allowing these big touchdown plays, you're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I'm 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 going to say, uh, veteran linebacker. All right, that's interesting. Veteran linebacker is your call. Uh, this one is also all over the place. It's sort of what happens when you give three potential responses to a "Would you rather" Wednesday scenario. Is you're going to get a bunch of different responses. From Matt Myers, I want that offensive tackle. That unit is on life support right now. I know Tyson is not beloved, but I'd rather play him than invest in someone else's backup. Also, what sure tackling inside linebacker is available as an upgrade? I'm, 
Yep. That, that's you're you're trying to cheat. I'm telling you, there's one that's available. That's I'm telling you that. So that's the way that it goes. Would you rather Wednesday? Um, uh, Nick Kelly, I'm with you that establishing a good run game will make the defense better. So forget option three. Therefore, I will take the reserve offensive tackle and take my chances with Murray, Bell, Williams, and Freeman at running back. I think a solid tackle in the return of Boyle would do wonders. That's a really good point. Antonio, the backup running back with the bursts. Um, I think it's tough. Yeah, and that's the idea. That's the idea. Uh, Bryce, the Ravens do so well with a quality running back. So if the backup is quality, then I'm rolling with that. Um, uh, Joe, we need a running back that can offer something. Doug, uh, give me the offensive tackle. And uh, Steve, uh, make it make it eleven twenty. We'll make it eleven twenty. We'll talk to Bo Smoker, press box Ravens beat writer. After we chat with EJ Henderson, uh, give me the offensive tackle. We finished Sunday with our second string left tackle and our third string right tackle. Murray Freeman and Williams will be decent enough if we can shore up the front. Gail Sayers would have had issues running behind that line on Sunday. Better offensive production gets the D off the field. The poor tackling was from every spot Sunday, not just inside linebacker. That is fair, too, right? Like, it's fair to say that it's not just inside linebacker alone where the tackling problems have been, right? Like Patrick, It's mostly been the secondary, I've, uh, from what I've seen. Yeah, Patrick Queen. And Patrick Queen. You know, like, that. It's that it's the, the reason why it's most glaring is, okay, but who are you taking out of the secondary to replace, right? right. Like, it's as frustrating as you are, frustrated as you are with, like, you know, the tackle efforts against uh, Jamar Chase, who are you removing from the secondary on Sunday? Like, come on. I mean, I... I'm all for somebody brought up Kyle Fuller's name. That unfortunately for economic reasons really I know the Baltimore kids, so like when you hear that Kyle Fuller is on the trade market, you're like, Oh, bring in Kyle Fuller. We like him. He's from here. He's he's signed for nine and a half million dollars this year. Like that's even half of that, which is what you'd be looking at at the trade deadline, um, that's still probably too much. Yeah. Now, could they extend him for another year? Maybe. And the Ravens certainly operate in the can never have too many cornerbacks you know, world, but boy, that's a, that's an awful lot of money that you're investing in the cornerback position moving forward. And while Anthony Averett had a rough game a couple games ago, Anthony Averett was one of the, he, he was one of the things that actually worked on Sunday against the Bengals. So I, I, I don't, I don't think that's practical at all. I think that's just saying something for the sake of saying something. Mark says need a line to run behind. The only thing I'm going to keep saying about the 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 line thing, and I'm I'm not telling you I disagree. And Patrick McCarry being out for a while, it I might think it's their highest priority, but I'm not I'm still not sure of that because these backs aren't running when they get to the outside. They're not getting yards. We can keep saying this is all about the line, but it's not. We're watching these guys get to the corner and not get anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, there is. I am not convinced that these backs have another level to offer just if they get better blocking in front of them. I think they're more suited to get the yards that are there if they've got better blocking in front of them. But I am not convinced there's anything dynamic about these backs no matter what the offensive line looks like in front of them. So I, I still get it. Like if you, if you said, hey, but what is the most pressing need? You are really thin. Like, you are really thin. So adding in one more legitimate offensive lineman, I, it probably, probably, but I'm really close between that and an actual running back. Like, and I get it. What you're saying is, you know, but who is that guy? And, like, Marlon Mack does not inspire. Well, that's going to be what saves our season is going and getting Marlon Mack. I hear you, but just getting 
anything more from this run game right now to me. I like Marlon Mack. I think he'd be a difference maker, personally. But I don't know about... You know, I, difference you maker to, on this offense. Better than what they... Like, yeah. Way better I, than what I they think, have. I think he's better than what they have. Is Is he... A game changer? I don't think He's so. He's not J.K. Do- Dobbins or Gus Edwards. But, but is he is he better than the options that you have? Yes, I tend to agree with that. Continue give me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. We've got a busy hour number two ahead, but um, we'll try to get to some of those as the morning goes on. Would You Rather Wednesday. And again, one of you is winning a $50 gift card at Two Glory Days Grill. <sighs> Underdog Fantasy Football has upped the ante. Download the Underdog app or go to underdogfantasy.com right now. And when you deposit anything up to $100, we are matching that just by you using the code PRESSBOX. So you down or deposit $10, we give you $10. You deposit $25, we give you $25. You deposit $99.69. You get $99.69. You deposit $6,900, and you get $100. Anything up to $100, we are matching your initial deposit for you to use to play with at Underdog Fantasy Football. Underdogfantasy.com. Download the Underdog app. It's not just the daily and weekly fantasy games that you see at some sites. It's player props. It's parlays. It feels like betting, which is something we should be able to do in the state of Maryland because we passed it with 70% approval 12 months ago. But we can't. So in the meantime... Play underdog fantasy football. Use the code PRESSBOX. We match your deposit up to 100 bucks, Up to 100 bucks, And also send an email to Swark, S-W-A-R-C, at mlis.state.md.us, and tell them that this is poppycock. Poppycock. That we can't bet yet in the state of Maryland. Come back in. We'll chat with E.J. Henderson, a legend. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Roll, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck... I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have your 
Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spray and hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. Don't forget tomorrow morning the Press Box Fantasy Football Show returns. KZ will be here at 1130 to help set your lineups. You playing Kenneth Gainwell? Is that a thing we're doing in this economy? Is that where we are? We'll find out. We'll ask that at KZ tomorrow morning, 1130 a.m. Press Box Fantasy Football Show brought to you by CCBC Glory Days Grill and the Maryland Department of Transportation. Well, this week we have been celebrating the 20th anniversary of the University of Maryland and one of my favorite seasons in my life. I was a freshman, and we had no idea that this was coming as they went and won the ACC, made the trip to the Orange Bowl. That uh, that team's going to be celebrated this Saturday as uh, Maryland takes on Indiana. And this man will also be singled out a little bit as finally he's going to get the opportunity to go into the College Football Hall of Fame, which is so freaking well-deserved. He is the pride of Aberdeen. He's one of ours. It's always a pleasure to welcome back in Terps legend EJ Henderson to GCR. EJ, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. I'm not a problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Been? We've been great, dude. Hope you're doing So I, I guess tell me, the last time we talked was when you got announced for induction to the College Football Hall of Fame, and that feels like it's been forever ago at this point. Know, right? Yeah, right? Uh, by the way, you better have a hell, hell of a speech prepared at this point. <laughs> We're good working on it. So. Still. Um, uh, what's up with you? What's what's going on in E.J. Henderson's world these days? Well, we actually just moved back to Maryland from Minnesota. Love that. So. That's kind of cool. So we're making that transition, um, getting the girls, you know, acclimated to the schools and the new friends. But we're back around family and closer to family and friends. So you know, that's, that's been an exciting time for us. That's awesome, man. We will. I assure you, we're happy to have you back, man. Like that is an awesome thing. You are you doing anything around football at all? Like, if, is is coaching something that interests you? Media, anything like that? No, not not as of yet. Um, I might get involved in some school around Howard County and okay. help out with their team or something, but I don't think I'll take on any type of official um, coaching position. You know, I usually run some type of after-school program. Sure. So whatever school I, I pick, I'll probably just end up partnering with them for 
you know, some mentorship and, and helping out there. Yeah, the, the, the hours required of an, like an actual coaching job, not not what not what you need when you're trying to raise a couple of girls. Like, not not the type of thing. Not at this moment. No, you know, right. no doubt about it. Um, EJ, we've been, we, you know, we had Sean on, we had Ralph on yesterday. I, take me back. You know, you had been a part of this program, and 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 in fairness, you guys had been close in those couple of years. It it would be unfair to say you guys were awful, right? Like leading into that 2001 season. Um, probably mediocre is a more fair word, right? Like you were you're kind of there. What what happened? How did this 2001 season happen? How did you guys go? to take this unbelievable next step that no one saw coming? Yeah, I would say we were, were an average team. I think when I hear mediocre, I think of a, uh, I think that as a, as a negative. Okay, so I think all right, we we'll go with that. That's fine. Team. I'm good with that. I mean, let's go yep. with average. Yeah, I'm good with that. I think we finished that, uh, what, five and six years before that? Yep. So we, we was decent. But I think, um, you know, obviously the new coaching staff and um, Coach Friesen coming in played a huge role in, um, the mindset changed, the attitude changed, um, schedule changed, physicality of practices changed, um, the demand changed, the expectation to win changed. Um, I can see the pressure on the offense changed because Coach Reason was used to putting up so many points at Georgia Tech. So that was the first thing, you know. So once once the once the guys kind of all the fourth and fifth year guys kind of bought into that idea. Um, then our goal was to spread it to the to the new guys coming in. So that was the first thing was kind of the culture change and the, and the coaches. Um, but the second thing I noticed was the recruiting class that we had coming in. So I knew we had um, a JUCO, Sean Hill coming, a transfer coming. So I knew we had an experienced quarterback. Um, and this was right around camp time. So that's when I, we kind of got to see the guys in action. Then we got the young boys from Philly um, that came in. And we, it just seemed like we had a we were a little more athletic, a little more mature on defense. Um, had some guys up front that really knew what they were doing. Um, Aaron Thompson was a good leader for us uh, as far as the linebackers. But I felt good about the I felt good about the defense. I thought I would have a decent decent season because I played decent the year before right. that. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting uh, the role we got. We went into. You know, I I joked about sitting in the stands in that first game, and and Parker goes off for that seventy-seven yard touchdown, and I look over. I, I my dad came down for that game, and I looked over. I'm like, ah, Maryland football, right? Like, like I like I had that feeling in that moment. Um, what what? Why wasn't it? Like, why in those in those first few weeks? You know, how much do you remember of that moment against Carolina? That was a good Carolina team, right, with Ronald Curry and Peppers, and that was that was a good Carolina team. And and really take me through those first few weeks through the Georgia Tech game because I feel like the Georgia Tech game was when, like, the tide started to turn and and everyone started to buy into, like, nah, there, there's something happening here. Yeah, I think that, that was definitely the feeling. Um, but Carolina was always a, a tough challenge for us. I think they, they might have blew us out my first year or two, but – we always we always played them tough, so um, I think at this point we were ready to stop losing to those teams that we knew we could beat. But like you said, Maryland football, we would we would always end up losing to. So I think after we kind of went on a roll with those out of conference games, I think we started two and zero, three and zero, something yep. like that. I'm not sure, um, but we had some confidence going into that. We had some confidence going to our, our the ACC schedule, and then like you said, we hit that third win, maybe. Carolina was the fourth win, 
And then after that, it was like, look, we, we, we're 4-0. Uh, of course, we're putting up big points. Um, the defense, we were playing well. So we just kept our nose really to the grindstone, to be honest with you. I don't really remember anything specific or a specific uh, game before that national Georgia Tech game. Yeah. We all just sat down and said, man, you know, we're a really good team, guys. Let's just let's go ahead and make it to, uh, you know, Orange Bowl and try to win the ACC championship. We, we, we wasn't thinking like that. I think the good thing that we did as leaders um, and then as the young guys buying in, was just keeping our nose down and grinding. Like, I don't think Coach Frieza and the staff and Coach Black and those guys allowed us to kind of marvel at being 3-0, marvel at beating Carolina, because that's not really where they were trying to go. And we, as I know the seniors, um, were trying to go there again. So we were trying to take it to the next level. I think that's kind of where we were when we got to that Georgia Tech game. And then Georgia Tech, I think it was, you know, a mixture of Coach Frieza going back, nationally televised game. We started off hot. Then after that, I mean, after we won that game, people, like you said, people knew we were serious. They knew we had some athletes. They knew we had some dogs on defense. They started to hear about E.J. Henderson. And once we got ranked, it was like, let's be here. This big-time college football. Yeah, right. Let's see what we can do with it. E.J. Henderson is with us. He, of course, was ACC Player of the Year back in 2001. They're celebrating the 20th anniversary this Saturday in College Park. EJ, you know, this is a good response that I got from a listener I want to go back to. It's interesting you brought up, like, that, that Ralph and, and them are arriving. Because I think you – a lot of people understand why it is. That there's this personal relationship thing with, like, Mike Loxley that makes him click with players. And, you know, there's there's things about people's backgrounds that make you understand them. But Ralph Regan, even at that point, was a little bit older and was this sort of like heavy-set white dude and was not a sexy name in coaching circles or anything like that. Why did it click with you guys and him when he arrived? What, what was it about him and what he was doing that made it work for you, your group of guys? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure it really did click when he first got okay. there. Okay. When they, when they, when they, <laughs> right. To be honest, when he first got there, it was like I think we we thought they were like they were overdoing it. They were trying to do too much, trying to prove a point about being a new staff, and um, you know, just everything was go go go. You got to do it to the max, and all this and all that. And Coach Friesen wasn't he wasn't personable at all. You know, Coach Friesen didn't really start being personable until <laughs> you know until we start to. You know, until we started to win, and that was few and far in, be- in between. So, Coach Reason was to me. I always looked at him as like one of those old school, like you said, old school white coaches. He just knew everything about football. I knew he could put up some points. He had beat me plenty of times in the ACC. I knew he knew football like the back of his hand. I knew he was a former Turk. So, I think that got him a lot of respect. Okay, he had history as being a Turk. I think that was one of the main things that he had history. He was one to us. So, no matter what, we had to give him that respect. Okay. In his history, I mean, if you know anything about football, you knew that he was a good coach. So at first it was a hard, you know, hard pill to swallow. But like I said, I think we got used to the routine. We just kept our head down. And then obviously the fun comes when you start to win. Yeah, right. I think he was used to that at Georgia Tech. So he wasn't going to let us. He wasn't about to go to the other <laughs> to the other side. <laughs> he wanted to stay on the fun side. So, you know, so I think that's kind of how the process went. Went from not, not really liking these guys. They accept them, grinding, and then winning, and then we all just enjoyed the, the whole process of winning. The the night against Clemson has come up uh, a lot this week, and we've been talking about that season, EJ, and maybe you more than a lot of people, uh, being a local kid. I'm, I'm sure 
you know, when you told your boys that you're going to Maryland, there were some of them that were like, Maryland, what the, what the, why the F would you go there? Right. Like, I'm sure there was some of that at that point for, for you knowing what that program had been through and playing in front of, you know, you know, 20,000 people sometimes, what did that night mean to you specifically to have that game with that much at stake and a packed house, a, just a crazy atmosphere against Clemson late in the year? I mean, I always like, I always like to play at Bird Stadium. I think we always had good fans. I mean, obviously we didn't have the capacity of a Big Ten or SEC, but it still felt like big-time college football to me every time we went out there on Saturday. So I always tip my hat to the Maryland fans, even when we weren't as good. They still showed up in, you know, not the roles as like everybody else would say, but they showed up and, you know, showed them, paid the respect that we deserve. So I always give them a shout-out. So, I don't consider us having, like, bandwagon football fans. I don't think we just had football fans start coming to our games, you know, once we started to win. But to your point, that game, that Clemson game, was like the minus the Georgia Tech. It was kind of took me back to high school. It was like, all right, you're playing for the county championship. You know, everybody's going to be here. Yeah. You're playing against one of the best teams. Um, so it, it was um, – I had kind of been there before, but just not on that level. Right. But I can't say that I was super, super surprised to be playing for a championship because it was a long season. Like, we had been figured out we can dominate. So that game, it was just like the ultimate uh, culmination of of everything. A packed house, ACC championship on the line. It's really like you really could you know, you couldn't write nothing better, you know, than the win in the fashion we did. Had the fans rush the field. Yeah. Now, that's something I don't think that we've seen that the Terps have seen in a long time. Yeah, oh, so that was like that. Was, that's a very special moment. I still get uh, chills thinking about that post game yeah. scene, bro. Yeah, like that, that, that was, was very, very special moment. That was nuts. I mean, that was absolutely one of the most electric things that I ever remember happening at that point. That was an incredible thing, man. Uh, EJ, the, the, then after that, you know, having to go down to NC State, right? Like that, that you hadn't, you still hadn't clinched the outright um, uh, title, and. That, that you were able to go down and, and do it. You guys had to get a stop, right? Like with two minutes left you know, on the road against Phillip Rivers and it had to get a stop. How did you manage to not let, you know, the emotions of that week and, you know, everything that you'd accomplish end up being the thing that cost you and suffer a letdown to wrap up the regular season? Uh, I'll be, I mean, I play so much football in between now, I can't really tell you my specific feeling <laughs> for, for, for NC State. And I play NC State, and I play NC State five times. I mean, little four, actually playing, but I was there for five times. So playing against NC State and Phillip Rivers, like, wasn't something very For, for those that don't know, Phillip Rivers never defeated Maryland in his career at NC State. Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh, and four that. in his okay. career against Maryland. Right. That's a fact. I do remember he said, um, I, we, we met on the sidelines in a collision. He said that was the, art, the hardest he's ever been hit. Really? Oh, that's <laughs> cool. But uh, that game, I think we just wanted to finish it up, man. Finish it up on, the, on a good note. I don't know the uh, specific situation. It's about two minutes or whatever, whatever. Or how I felt at that moment. I just know the overall feeling was, you know, let's let's go ahead and get it done. No doubt, these guys are not better. These guys are not better than us. Um, let's go ahead and finish it up and, and see where we finish up at. Well, it worked out. It worked out okay, man. Is that was the, all the oranges on the field afterwards? What a day it was. EJ Henderson, um, you know, it, 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 there's so much stuff that I think of, and 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 boy, it was such a joy to watch you play football. Where are you with like the way that the game has changed and? 
you know, we're struggling in Baltimore this year because, you know, the Baltimore Ravens can't tackle. And, like, that's that's a sentence that we've never said in our lives, right? Like, all we've known in Baltimore is, is hard hits. Um, wh- where are you with, like, watching the way the game has changed and how difficult is, – is it as tough now to be a defensive player as people make it out to be? Or is it on defensive players who haven't adapted and remember, like, you know, you, you're still allowed to tackle. You just have to do it the right way. Yeah, I think it's been the change is- – um, it's kind of starting to mesh with the generation. So these guys are learning from a younger age that, um, say, for instance, a middle linebacker. You don't have to be a 250-pound, um, 6'3", and have to take people's head off like Ray Lewis. Right. You try to take people's head off like E.J. Henderson. You, that's not the type of player. You're going to be a more – you want to be a more agile-type player, like uh, – um, like my man Eric Hendrickson, we got mm-hmm. um, Arnold, the linebacker for the Vikings. Somebody that can move around, you know, rush the passer, be able to get back in that zone, run up and down the field with these receivers running at 40 miles an hour. So I think the kids are now kind of being raised. Like when you hit that, um, you know, even now from Rex. I mean, when I was working with the Vikings, even from the, from from Rex, it was his flag football. It's the big NFL flag football push. Hmm. The kids even started to adopt that. So they they knew about being in open space. They knew about pass drops. They knew, okay, I can't put my head in here. They knew about how to do these type tackling drills. We didn't. That's not. We didn't come up running that. We had the. So it was kind of the people that had to that had to adjust are now out the league. You know, you might got one or two old school guys still in the league, but the new the new Russian players they they know what the game is. They can look back at some of the film and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they used to let that happen. I can't believe these hits. Well, these guys weren't put out the game, wow. put out for a whole year. Wow. Well, I can see some of the young guys having those reactions, but they're so acclimated to it right now that um, it's just a part of the game. And I think it's, it's, it goes both ways. You know, obviously for health reasons, it's for the better. I think guys have long careers, probably make more money. Obviously, uh, offense sells more tickets, so it's going to be more points. Uh, so it's just an adjustment that the guys will make, but they'll be fine. All right, so how can you fix the tackling for us here in Baltimore? Now that you're home, can you come help us figure figure out how to get these guys to tackle a little bit? Can we get you to do that? Can we hire you to come fix the Ravens' I can, tackling? Okay, I, I can do it better than I can teach, man. You guys got so many great coaches <laughs> that, that can teach, teach that technique way better than me. I feel you, man. I feel. Well, well, you still got a couple of plays in you? You still got <laughs> – I think I can probably – man, I can, I can probably give you about five snaps. I, I mean, we take that right now. We would take five, five solid <laughs> snaps from you. EJ Anderson, man, we would do that. Uh, EJ, what a day it's going to be down in College Park on Saturday, man. It, it's cool. Um, everybody's coming in to to celebrate this. I hope you know. I you know I said this uh, when we were talking about it earlier, dude. We were so spoiled to be able to watch you play on Saturdays and then Ray play on Sundays around here. Like we got so freaking spoiled. Um, I wish yeah, we could have ended up. I wish we could have ended up bringing you back to Baltimore at some point in your career. But I know you look good wearing the other purple, so. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, we, definitely, we definitely represented uh, crab cakes and football at that time, bro. You know I mean? It was, I mean, it was a, <laughs> it was a way of life, man. Yeah, <laughs> like it definitely was a right. way of life. We were really happy It'll to be back. It still is. Oh that's no, of course. That's the culture, baby. That's what it is. No doubt, man. Uh, EJ, congratulations, brother, again on the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm sorry you've had to wait so long in order to make it happen. But uh, con- okay. congratulations. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you for taking a couple minutes to chat with us this morning, man. All right, thanks, sir. I'll see you soon, man. All right, buddy. EJ Henderson, 
man, uh, dude, that dude was such a good football player. Like, he was such an unbelievable football player. I can't believe it's been 20 years. Yeah, I've been, like, struggling with that a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, I realized I was not in high school. Like, you know, it's part of it's we're also celebrating our 20th uh, uh, high school reunion this year. Like, that's been a weird thing for me to think about. Yeah. Like, I've been struggling with that a little bit. And I'm sure people that are older are like, okay, chief. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. You're not even 40 yet. Like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It's just I struggle with that. And it was a, that was such a being a friend. It was such a formative year for me as a fan. Yeah. And it was the first time I ever like I watched Maryland when Maryland football sucked when they were losing to Ohio University and James Madison and like just I was watching like I was in, as a kid I was into Maryland football despite the fact they were terrible like mm-hmm. I I can tell you all about G Roy Simon you think I don't know about G Roy Simon. I know about G. Roy Simon. You think I remember Randall Jones running around? I, I assure you I remember. Jermaine Lewis, of course, who obviously went on to be a, a hell of an NFL player. Um, but this was the first, like, at, it, it took 18 years of my life to have something special as a Maryland football fan. And boy, was it special. I mean, it was such a special season that year. Um Man, I you know I, I I I had so much fun watching that team. We don't have to take a break. We can uh, we can go right to Bo from here. Uh, but appreciate EJ Henderson. I man, if, if if y'all are young and you don't know, EJ Henderson was the definition of a side to side linebacker. Man, like he was all over the field, and it was so cool that he was an Aberdeen kid that um you know was was legitimately the ACC Player of the Year. It was the Best defensive player in all of college football. I mean, it was just such a joy to watch that dude play. Appreciate AJ Henderson taking the time, and we've had fun. Well, that'll be that. We won't do any more of those. Um, I get it. Like, we just wanted to spend a couple minutes, uh, almost selfishly, because I, I enjoyed that 2001 Maryland team so much, and they'll be recognized uh, this Saturday down in College Park for the 20th anniversary of their ACC championship season. Today's show also brought to you by. Mobile One, Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Joining us now, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. We normally do this on Fridays, but we're doing our college basketball preview show this Friday. So Bo Smolka takes a couple minutes for us this morning. Good morning, Bo Smolka. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. When we chatted last Friday, we kind of joked, like, you know, depending on what happens on Sunday, we'll we'll see, you know, how much they have to work this week. Well... That's the type of thing that happens on a Sunday that means you end up normally having to work a little bit more during bye week. <laughs> That's typically the way that goes, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, look, the, the, the union, they get four days off no matter what. Yep. That's how it works with the bye week. That's collectively bargained. The players get four days off. And, and I don't know, um, but, yeah, they, they, they have to feel after that game on Sunday that they have a lot of work to do. Um, I know we talked about if you come out of that by if you come out with a win and you head into your bye week, everything's great. If you lose and you head in your bye week, it's tough. And especially the way they lost and to whom they lost, it makes it even tougher. But um, they have all stressed this week and that day after the game. It's one week. It's one week. It's one week. And they have to hope that that's the case. Look, they throttled the Chargers the week before, and and then they come back and get clobbered by the Bengals. And both of them are probably. The truth is somewhere in between on both of those games, but they are what they are, and the standings are what they are, and they yep. have to move forward from that. So 
Um, I think it will be well rest. It will be a well-earned time off for them. They've got a couple guys that are banged up, and it is, you know, it's always good for these guys to reset. It's a grind. So I think they'll look forward to the time off. Bo, the high ankle sprain for Patrick McCary, the most recent issue that the Ravens are dealing with, and, and particularly problematic is Patrick McCary has played unbelievably well at right tackle. And I don't think anybody could have seen this coming from him. I, I, where do you think their their confidence level is in Tyree Phillips? Like, do you think that they believe that he can can be the answer for you know whether it's a short amount of time or a little bit of a longer amount of time, or do you think it becomes a little bit of a panic mode where they feel like they need to find a tackle between now and the deadline. I, I first of all, I agree with you. I think McCarry's been the un kind of unsung star of this team to sure. this point. Um, when you go back to July, right, no one was talking about him. It was going to be Stanley at left tackle, Villanueva at right tackle, and they were going to move on forward like that. And McCarry was this kind of plug and play guy they had on the bench who could kind of fill in anywhere. And then suddenly he has to be the right tackle, and not only does he have to be it, he plays it really well. Um, so he, a high ankle sprain is a tough thing. These things linger several weeks. I don't, you know, I think this is going to be one that's going to set him out for a while. They're perilously thin at tackle. So what can they look for in the in the deadline? Um, will they look rather by the deadline? I think they might, uh, because. But again. Tackles aren't sitting around waiting to be traded. Right. No one's no one is sitting there with a surplus of tackles looking to unload them. Um, but the fact is, Tyree Phillips is a guy who played some right tackle in the past. He played they when they drafted him, they thought he would be an NFL guard. They 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 viewed him as his his ideal position in the NFL would be guard. But they do see him as a potential to play tackle. And now, frankly, he's going to have to. But we talked about, I mean, he, he's also missed time with an injury already this year. And they're one more injury at tackle away from having one of these practice squad guys to have to be elevated and play. So it is perilously thin. So I would think they are looking uh, at a lot of options. And I think adding a tackle would be, to me, priority number one if they make a move. You know, we, we talk, a lot of people say, well, what, what, do you think they're going to make a move? Uh, I don't know, obviously. They, we know they don't have a lot of cap space. We understand that. We also know that that Eric DaCosta has been aggressive in season in making trades. Like, that is that is the reality. Marcus Peters, Unique Ngakwe, like, the, he has been ingress, aggressive as an in-season trader. I, it, I obviously tackle, to your point, Bo, now without Patrick McCary, it, it jumps off the page. I think most people would still throw in running back. I'll bring up Peters is like I don't think any of us knew at that point the Ravens were in the market for a cornerback. You know, like I don't think any of us thought that was the rec- direction they were going. Is there anything else that you could say? Hey, look, if there's this out there, it might not stun me if the Ravens did this in the, over the course of the next seven days. Is there any other position besides those two tackle and running back that everybody's been talking about where you're like I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I I think they could use another cornerback. I think they'd always use another cornerback. But first of all, not not to say I think the Averts played really well. Yep. Um, but there's another position where they are perilously thin. I know Jimmy Smith has come back and he's playing now, and they've got him. He's playing some corner and some safety. But the tricky thing is they have all these players coming back next year, or so they think. And you assume they're coming back at full health. Then suddenly you have all these other players that are back. So what are you giving up for? What amounts to what you think you hope is a 
half-season rental if Peters is going to come back and be what he was. Yep. Um, and they, But uh, to your point, I mean, let's say you're going to say, are you going to add a defensive lineman? Well, they're getting Derek Wolf back soon, so that will help because um, I don't think they're really deep there either, and those guys have struggled late, lately. Um, would they trade for a defensive lineman? I don't think so. I, I just don't see it happening. And Peters, look, I mean, especially to pull that trade off with the pedigree of Peters at the time that they did, I just don't think there's anything that can make that work at that level. So a trade now seems to be more of a, you know, a few years ago they traded midseason for Eugene Monroe. You may remember that trade. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think that's more the level you're talking about if you're going to make a deal. Um, but I, I don't, you know, that's the, to me, that would be the kind of trade that I would see coming. He is Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us on GCR as he just brought up Anthony Averett. Don't forget that you can go pick up the new print issue of Press Box right now and see Bo's story all about Anthony Averett. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, or you can read it online at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo, I am in a weird place where, like, I know the defense has played poorly, right? Like, they are allowing the second most yards per play of anyone in the NFL this season, which is it's, – it's insane to be talking about a Baltimore Ravens defense that way. The only team that's allowed more is the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's the company that they're in. Um, and yet I have this odd feeling, and, and I'm, I'm really just asking you to tell me if you think I'm crazy, and I know you think the answer is yes, but specifically about this. I have this weird feeling that if they could just figure out how to run the ball a little bit better, this defense, I know they've got tackling issues that exist, but I just feel like this defense would not be this bad if the Ravens could run the ball a little bit more consistently. And I know that there's not an easy answer to that, but it it feels to me like this defense isn't quite as bad as the statistics say they are, and they would really be helped by just an offense that figures out a way to control the ball a little bit more. Oh, I, I do. I agree with you. I think they go hand in hand. I mean, not, not, it's not as simplistic, but if you're sustaining drives, your defense isn't on the field that much. I mean, that's just how, that, that, was their, that was their MO a couple of years ago when they were so good. They were just hammering the ball, and they were running these eight, nine-minute drives. And now when your defense backs on the field, they're fresh, and they're, and, and they're not overworked. And they're not, but when you're not running the ball, when you're putting your team in third and long, when you're, you know, you're not converting third down, and now you're going back on the field. I think there's something like 24th and third down conversion in the league. So they're not extending drives. So the defense is getting back on the field again. And I do think they're related. Um, but it, first and foremost, it comes down to be able to tackle. That, that would also yep. help, right? Yep. They are going to be a better defense if they tackle. And John Harbaugh said exactly that on Monday. He said, until we tackle better, we're not, we're not going to be anything more than a mediocre defense. And he's exactly right. So – uh, the factors involved are a lot, but it comes down most fundamentally to the fact that, as John Harbaugh said, we're just not getting people on the ground. They're just not tackling well enough. And so, you know, Chase has an 82-yard touchdown pass that probably should have gone for six or eight. Um, they blew coverage on a couple of long touchdowns, but Travis Kelsey's touchdown, right? He got five guys to had a chance to tackle him yep. uh, in that in that week two game. So tackling to me is absolutely the most fundamental problem right now with this defense. But to your point, absolutely, if you have a viable run game, you can control the tempo, and your defense is off the field more often and affect and probably more effective, especially later in games. Now, I think on the last couple touchdowns in that game, 
honestly, it looked like the Bengals had just broken their will by the time the last one happened. But um, uh, the tackling is certainly the biggest problem, but a, a viable run game would certainly help the defense. Bo, I'm, I, I want to do a big picture thing because it's, it's sort of what I wrote about this week, and it's kind of like what I feel like the predominant topic is for the Ravens at the bye, which is how do you measure the totality of it is remarkable that they're 5-2, and two, right? We, we can't lose sight of it. What, what they've done to get to 5-2 and two is incredible. And being 5-2 and two at your bye week, I think any NFL team would be thrilled about that. But we, we do know the, their problems are real, right? Like, the defense has not been good. They can't run the football with their running backs to, to save their life. Like, what, what is the appropriate way to measure all of those things in looking at what's ahead of this team as they move into the second half of the season? It's a, it's a tricky question. I mean, the appropriate way to measure it is they're 5-2 and two because that's really, in the end, all that matters. And they're not going to get those five wins taken away from them. Yep. Um, so they're five and two, and that's that's what matters. Now, they could be two and five extremely easily. They're like five plays away from being two and five. So the flaws, as you said, are very real, and they know they're real. I think they have to do something to change up this running game. Uh, maybe they get Latavius Murray back for this second for after this bye if his ankle's better. But we've seen, I think, in the seven games now what this running game looks like with this personnel and it's just not working. So, I mean, I, I you know, Le'Veon Bell, I said, I said at the time, Le'Veon Bell, the 2016 version of Le'Veon Bell is not walking through that door. Nope. Um, and so I, I just think they need to do something to change up that running game, whether that's bringing in another player, whether that's, you know, bringing, uh, McCrary up from the practice squad, the guy's going to spark, whether it's looking on other teams' practice squads, whether it's trading for a player. And I know people say, well, what's the point of trading for a running back if you can't block? And I do still think if you're going to trade, if they're going to make one you know, trade, I think it needs to be for a tackle. Bo, but you were the but, one that point. I, I've referenced what you said on Twitter over the weekend a few times this week. Like, it, it's not just the blocking with these backs. Like, they are getting to the corner and, and getting around, and there's still nothing there. There's still no burst. There's still nothing dynamic, even when they're out in open space. No, they're not They're not making anyone miss. And I, you're right. I mean, they're trying to take a – a play to the edge, and these running backs are not winning to the edge. And so, when they try to run outside, they're getting out, they're getting run down for you know a two, three, four yard loss, uh, and they're not exploding through holes inside. So, um, and and I just think I get the sense that, and and I think defenses just don't fear them, and so therefore, whatever read option stuff is happening, I just don't think teams are worried about the running back. Yep. And now what are you going to try to do a read option with Jackson? Well, you know what? We're just going to key on Jackson because we're not even worried about that running back. And that's different from when Gus Edwards was in the, was in the read option or when J.K. Dobbins was. I just get the sense they don't fear the running backs, and that makes it harder for Jackson to run as well. It's a problem. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a huge problem. There's no question to me about it, and I'm, I'm with you there, Bo. All right. Um, a- anything else that we should know about before the you know we go we go through the bye and players disperse for the weekend and then they start getting ready for the Vikings? Is there anything else that should be on our radar at all, Bo Smolka? Well, like I said, Derek Wolf came back to practice yesterday, so he started. You know, formally he is re- designated to return from IR, so that gives him his 21 day clock has started now, um, and so in within 21 days he has to either be activated or has to 
stay on IR the rest of the year. All indications are he'll be back, maybe even for the Vikings game, probably the week after. But that's an encouraging sign. So, you know, the players are going to be off for four days. They'll, they've earned it with this 5-2 and two start. Um, and you can be sure that Eric DaCosta is looking at all possibilities to see what he can do with this roster by November 2nd. And quite frankly, after that, right, because there's still practice squads you can sign players from and so forth. Sure. But DaCosta has to take a long look this weekend at how he, what he can do with this team at this point. At B. Smolka on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com is where you see all of his stuff. Bo, enjoy your bye, sir. We will talk to you next Friday, all right? All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bo Smolka checking in with us here on GCR, PressBox Ravens beat writer. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. And speaking of the Ravens, we had a great night last night with Tyus Bowser and Deshaun Elliott, and we're going to hear some of that when we come back in. The Tyus Bowser Show, that's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Ravens scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. 
The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman, and you can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles is going to catch up with Towson women's basketball coach Diane Richardson as they get ready to get their season underway. Looking to get back into the NCAA tournament. You'll be able to find that on Facebook Live tonight. And if you miss it, you'll see it tomorrow, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or... You can go to pressboxonline.com slash video and watch it there as uh, he'll preview the season with Diane Richardson, Towson women's basketball coach. Um, this is a great question from Chris. I don't know if you saw it. Nelson Cruz named the Roberto Clemente Award uh, winner by Major League Baseball today. Of course, Nelson Cruz, remarkable human. Um, and did so, so many incredible things for his native Dominican Republic. But uh, Chris saw uh, Adam Jones talking about Nelson Cruz this morning and said, Glenn, honest question, is there a chance that Nelson Cruz is the most impactful one-year player in Orioles and or Baltimore sports history? Look, it's not, I, I, need to, I need to spend a little bit more time, you know what I mean? Like, I need to, off the top of my head, like, who would we go back, you know, who, I, who would I forget about that was a one-year player Maybe Reggie Jackson, but he. I mean, but, I mean that was twenty-eight a, homers, twenty-eight. Yeah, steals. it was a massive disappointment. Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Yeah. It was. It was a, a incredible. Mm. It, the acquisition was very significant, but the actual season from Reggie Jackson was a huge disappointment. Yeah, well, he didn't want to be here. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, a big part of the problem. I, man, it, it this it's tough to put me on the spot like this because I just I need to spend some more. Like, who am I not thinking of? I know Ravens fans. Ravens fans love Daryl Smith. Was Daryl Smith one year? Or was he no, two No, he was years? here for two, maybe two three. Years? I don't think it was three. Was it, it, was three at, it was at least two. He started middle linebacker at least two years in a row. I think you're right. It was two years. I think that's the case. So I don't think that that would be one. Oh, you were right. It was three years. Yeah. Holy crap. He was here a while, I man. I think it's because the, the – I think I only think it because 2014 they were good and the other mm. two years he was here. He was so underrated. Good. He was so good, but, like, nobody talked about him. I mean, outside of Baltimore, I feel like nobody talked yeah, about him. He yeah. was he was good. You just kind of forgot about him. Um, Ravens fans also worship at the altar of Jim Leonard. Like it's 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 a it's a weird thing. He where, was here for for longer than no, a year. Too. He was definitely only here one year. He was really? definitely only here for two thousand eight. He was definitely just here for the two thousand eight season. Huh. And that's why it's always like the Ravens fan. When you bring up the name Jim Leonard, it's like you're talking about a deity. Ravens fans treat Jim Leonard in a way that it, it just does not correlate with what he actually did in Baltimore. Now, that being said, you know, God bless him. And that 2008 team was one of my favorite Ravens teams ever because mm-hmm. much like we're talking about with the 2001 Maryland football, no one saw it coming. No, like the, the idea was they were going to be garbage that year, but at least, the, you know, we'll find out if they have a quarterback and this kid that they drafted. And then as it turns out, they made it all the way to the AFC championship game. Like, the thought was not that that was going to be a good Ravens team in 2008. Yeah. And so I have a lot of fond, like when we when we talk about 2008 and the 2008 Ravens, like I, I too get a, there, there's a place in my heart for that team that's significant. 
But Jim Leonard certainly didn't was not the player on the field that Nelson Cruz was in 2014 for the Orioles. Like that, that's there's nothing similar there. Yeah, I, I'd have to I'd have to spend some more time thinking about it. And there, it was less common to have one year players, you know, in the the 70s and the 80s. So I don't I don't know if there's someone that someone would remind me about, and I'd be like, oh right, I forgot that was a one year player. Bobby Bonilla got. Acquired at the deadline in '95 was yeah. only here the whole '96 season. So he, that, he had a no, good year that year. Technically, that would not the, be a that's, one that's year. That's more than one year, yeah. but he. I mean, huh? So it's an, it's a good question, Chris. It's one that I just wasn't prepared for. But yeah, I mean, with that thinking through it, you might absolutely be right. I think he probably is. probably is the most impactful one year guy. Yeah. All right. Um, if you missed it last night, and unfortunately, since it was a private show, probably most of you did. Uh, we had another Tyus Bowser show at the Center Club downtown. Yes, a little bit more disappointing. This is the first one we had to do after a loss, but um, still had a great time with Tyus and his special guest, who was Deshaun Elliott last evening. And uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, joined me for it. So let's take a listen right now. Segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show. Welcome to the Tyus Bowser Show. We are live at the Center Club downtown. My name is Glenn Clark. I want to start. And, you know, first of all, we got a co-host for this week's show the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard has joined me this week. I'm very excited about that. Hi, Rita. I feel like you just pulled me out the crowd. I was, I just wanted to enjoy the show. No, so no, you're coming Now that I'm here, so we're going to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Rita, Rita gets real. Rita gets real. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the real reason why you're here, of course, is for the host of the show. Make some noise, please, for Tyus Bowser. Hello, hello. Appreciate everybody being here. I love that hat, man. We were talking about all the Orioles gear you have yes. last week. I love that Can I hat. have that starter, by the way, that you have? Yeah. Thank I you. you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I got you. Just let that, me know. That's a phenomenal hat, bro. That is ex- outstanding. It. By the way, how intimate is this right now? Like, normally I feel like we're competing over, like, loud screams. Yeah. This is very intimate. Like, I feel like we should be talking about Peruvian politics or something <laughs> like that. No, I right like this. Now. This vibe is amazing, man. I'm a, I'm a super chill guy, so when I come into an environment like this, man, it just it just gets me going. So I, I, I mean, like Tyus might be looking to become a member by yeah, the way, the absolutely. Center Club. Let forward. me know who I need to talk to, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm serious. We can we can we've got the person for you to talk oh, to. Oh, okay. I'll definitely get with you. I definitely get with you. <laughs> Tyus, you brought someone out with you tonight, um, who uh, by the way, just a week ago maybe had one of the great defensive games in Ravens history. Uh, tell me about the guests that you brought with you this evening. Oh, from Dallas, Texas, man, my guy, you know, my homeboy, man. This is this is a guy that I ride with the whole time, man. This guy, you know, he motivates me, and we motivate each other to be great, man. So, uh, my guy, Deshaun Elliott. Yeah. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hook them. Of course. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I love to see that, bro. I love to see that. Um, excuse my mask. Uh, I'm just, y'all know all the weird stuff going on in the world right now, but I do appreciate Ty's having me, and I appreciate being here a lot. Um, you know, that's my guy. So once he asked me, I was like, I can't say no. I, mean, I have to say yes. That's my guy. That's Even awesome, if man. If I was in bed, ready to go to sleep, I'm like, bro, I had to slide the ties. I got to go see my dog. <laughs> so I appreciate you, fam, for having me. You know, this is cool. All right, guys, thank you for being here. Um, y- you want to talk about it or just want to move on? Like, <laughs> pretend like it didn't. Like, how I do we go about, about Like, you know when, we like, one of your boys about. is going through a breakup and, yeah. like, you see him for the first time and you're just like, yeah. so. You know, it was just, 
I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough game. That's a tough game to to swallow, pause. But uh. I mean, you know, but you know, it's the NFL. You have to understand that, you know, these guys gonna come and play their best, regardless of who it is. So, you know, it was just one of them games that, you know, we wasn't we wasn't firing like we was and you know, unfortunately, you know, it was a tough loss. How tough easy loss. is it for you guys to be able to move on from a game like that? I mean, we've seen you do it before, right? A couple of years ago against Cleveland, it didn't end so well, and then you went on a run. So how easy is it for you to just say, let's let that go? Obviously, it's a bye week, so it does give you a little bit more time than normal, but... You got to Gener- think about it. Right. Though. I mean, right, right. But generally, like if, if there was another game coming this week, how, yeah. how fast can you guys let a game like that go and move forward? Well, usually our coach just tells us, you know, we have 24 hours to so let it, you know what I'm saying, suck in. But, but do you that. really do it is my question. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, after the game, like, I mean, if you really love this game, that stuff type that type of stuff hurts. I mean, it's just kind of like you going out there, you playing with your brothers, and you just kind of disappoint them, right? That individual performance can affect the team performance. And when we're not playing together as a team, obviously you see the outcome of it. And I mean, I know everybody around the city depends on us, and they look for us for like some sort of motivation, no matter what they do. It ain't got to be about football. It could be about just being able to get through life. And uh, I feel like we let our people down around around the whole city. But I feel like, you know what I'm saying, after a day, we just kind of regroup. And we talk to each other as brothers and understand what we did wrong and how to be better and what we need to do to get better. I mean, I was told this a couple days ago that that you didn't want a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't want to talk into talk anything into. I want to talk too fast, but like, hopefully, I'm, I'm manifesting. That's what my girlfriend told me. It's a new word I've been using a lot. <laughs> <laughs> manifesting, but speaking into existence. Exactly. Well, wait a second. That's legit though, because you manifested the interception last okay. week, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My first career one. So, uh, but yeah, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. So basically. I was told by some of the old heads on the team, they were like in 2012 when they went and won the Super Bowl. They started off 5-2, and two, and right before the bye, they got their butt whooped by the Houston, Houston Texans. Houston, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple like, games they got their butt whooped. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with great turned, defense. It turned around great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it worked out for the best. If your defense steps up, you can win championships. So I feel like that's what we have to do. Yep. So it's as simple as that. So you move on, that's the way it goes, and you're 5-2. and two. Yeah. I mean, like you're 5-2 and two after dealing with I mean, a football team's worth of injuries you know to saying? be five and two at the bye—that ain't so bad. Nah. And it's and it's crazy too because we was just in a team meeting today, and it was just crazy how coach was talking like, "Man, I'm just in a better mood than I was yesterday," and really that's kind of like how everybody was yesterday. Like going into the team meeting, uh, we pretty much just watch all the defense, all our defensive snaps, and just what we could work on, you know. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun, bro. That's it wasn't. Ooh, and, it was, and it wasn't. Like, it was, it, was, it was tough. We was definitely in the hot seat, you know, watching that game. And just the mood and everything was just off because we had just came off of, yeah. you know, that loss the, next, the past day. So coming into today, you know, we watched the offense, but you could kind of tell just by the vibe of everybody that, you know, everybody was a little bit more enlightened, you know, a lot lighter, feeling better than it was the day before. So, like, what he mentioned, you know, just that 24 hours of just soaking it in, you know, understanding, you know, what happened and, you know, dealing with it. And then after that, just moving on and, you know, going into the bye week, figuring out what we need to do as a as a team to get better, uh, preparing for the Vikings, and then moving forward. All right, I got to, as we do this, 
how, how do you, I, I joke about, like, do you want to talk about it? How do you handle this with people in your life, right? Like, how do you handle this? this Sean, you mentioned your girlfriend, Tyus, the people that you're around, like, mm-hmm. Do they want to talk about it? Do they know better? Like that you come, you're like, nah, just leave it alone. I'm not. Honestly, like, I just, hey, honestly, talk to me about the World Series. Talk. I think it just depends on the person. You know, like for me, when I'm going through a bad loss, I don't. I literally cut my phone off. Like, or I let people, or I just be like, just don't talk to me today. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just yeah. not in that place. But I mean, others is different. You know, they have families, they have kids, so you know, they deal with it different types of ways. But I mean, for me. After a bad loss like that, man, I just need to, you know, reflect, go back to the game, figure out what, you know, I need to work on or what I did wrong and what I could do to help my team, you know, get ourselves in a better position for next game. So, Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, if someone, honestly, just my dad. Like, I don't really respond to anybody else. Yeah. No one else's opinion really affects me. But my dad's always been my guy since I was a kid who kind of like, push me into football is it more nurturing or is it more like slapping you upside the head type of no, stuff when, like, I, when hey. I was younger he tried to use that but now he realizes like i'm a professional and yeah. i told him now i'm a professional and i know what i'm by the time the game's over with i know what i did wrong like i, I can watch it two or three times but i already knew what i did wrong sure. before i even watched it <laughs> sure but trust me right when i get to that phone he's always the first message he's like call me <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even leave the stadium bro I just kind of like I go sit in the car and I put it on FaceTime to put the phone up and I just let him talk and after he gets done talking I'm like alright <laughs> what are them conversations like <laughs> bro you know that like like that coach that just or that uncle that you have in your family just thinks they know so much about sports yeah he's like that but he, know, he knows a lot but like after a while I'm like listen <laughs> that little peewee game style that you knew of, let's elevate that times 20 and just like listen to me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for you to say that he does that. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hear that in his voice. I don't even have to. I don't even have to. I've heard that plenty of times. <laughs> well, By the way, you both have handled the loss way better than Rita did. Uh, Rita. Me? Yeah, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. It was. Yeah, it was ugly. Talk, yeah we got plenty of time. Let's talk about this. Yeah. yeah you don't want to talk about it. Let's talk, oh, let's talk about it. <laughs> you should have heard the thing. Let's things, be nice today. You should have heard the things she was saying about you. I'm like, Ty, she's just saying you should come now, out and come hang out for the show. Now he's exaggerating. He's exaggerating. She's a little sensitive. That's not a joke, though. That's not. She knows. So when when okay so when when the when you guys lose, I don't really like to be on social media a ton because I or I start muting words and phrases and people right like I literally have Lamar muted off of my timeline permanently yeah. um, because when someone says a negative word she will well, let me, kill them let me explain like, let me explain let me explain I, I am the president of the Lamar Hive since 2016 okay um okay. I have watched okay. him since a freshman so I've I have been in his corner since he was at Louisville so I'm at the point now where I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it anymore. Everybody else is doing it for me. And I don't like to see the <laughs> things that they're saying about him, right? So I just have his name muted. So I don't have to, you know, see those things. So that's me. And I'm a fan. I don't play, mm-hmm. right? So for you, <laughs> do you like go on social media after loss? I see you tweet sometimes. Um, not a whole lot, but you know, you have nice things to yeah. say. I think somebody like came after you not too long ago. You said something nice to your teammate 
And I can't it remember. It was Tyreek, was. right? Wasn't that the Yes, Tyreek Hill. And we we lit him up, baby, for you. We lit him up. We lit his mentions I up. The flock man. was flocking <laughs> in Tyreek Hill's mentions that day. But no, listen, like, do you guys when you when you're having a day like that, like a loss like that, like do you does social media help? Do you stay away from it? I was talking to Marlon uh two days ago and we kind of were just like there's certain guys who can handle social media depending on uh, what's being said. Like there's three type of guys. There's a guy who can see it and use it as motivation. There's the type of guy who can see it and just get in a shell and just become a lower person of themselves and not um, stand up to the adversity. You know what I'm saying? Then there's the type of guy who sees it and just kind of like, eh, it is what it is. Right. And I was like, yeah, Marlon, you definitely the type of guy who just kind of, eh, it is what it is. Because he tweeted literally like right after the game. Yeah. And I, I personally wouldn't have been that person. I might have waited till That's today sweet. to do it. But I mean, <laughs> he, he put himself in the fire and he got a little burned a little bit. you know Marlo, like... That's Marlo. Like he will always be himself. He he's okay with being completely honest with people, and I'm and I love it about him. I'm the same way. He just does it a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, a little bit different. We were talking about him last week on the show, more about his fashion choices, but oh, <laughs> it might come back up at some point. It's Tyus Bowser show. Tyus Bowser to Sean Elliott are with us from the Center Club. It's all brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Don't forget, coming up this November, Grade Eights is hosting four tremendous events to benefit Harvest of Hope as they take care of those who need it in our community for Thanksgiving. There are free autograph signings, one including our guest tonight, Deshaun Elliott. He's going to be hanging out, uh, helping out the folks with Harvest of Hope, too, which is an amazing thing to do. Find out more by going to GradeEightsMemorabilia.com. Uh, Tyus, I realize there's something that we have not talked about, you and I, these weeks we've been doing the show, and I've been, I keep putting it on my list every week, and I keep forgetting to get to it. Tell me about, have you guys seen the videos of Tyus before the game? You'll go and find someone in the stands and play catch with them. That's so live, bro. I, I want to know where that came from. Like, where did that come from? How did that happen? How long you been doing it? And, like, why is that something that means so much to you? Um... I feel like I did it like one time last year. Well, not the last year, but the year before when we had fans. But um, I don't know, man. For me, you know, when I went to my first game, you know, in Houston, and, you know, you always looking at, you know, these guys, and it's like, man, I wonder what it's like to be around them. I wonder what it's like to, you know, be engaged with them, man, just as a fan, man, you know, them – the moments could last forever for those no guys, doubt. you know, especially for the little kids and just the opportunity to, you know, just do a simple thing as far as just playing catch. I mean, that helps me within my game, being able to catch the ball, you know, practicing on that um, without having to do it, you know, with my teammates or anything, but just being involved with the fans who I enjoy so much, especially, you know, going through a whole year of not having fans. No doubt. So just to see them in the, fan, in the, in the stands, man, that just – means the world to me because you know it just brings a different type of energy out of you and for me being able to throw the ball with the kids with you know the guys in the second you know level of bleachers or whatever man it just it just helps me get myself going for Sunday so it's it's no you just go out and find somebody start throwing is there yeah so I I asked because legitimately I had someone ask me this week how do I make myself notice to tie his mouth (laughs) or in order to become that person he's throwing the ball around. With. Well, I mean, well, I go through my I go through my normal routine starting out and then once I get done, you know, throwing the ball, going through um just 
different drops and stuff with my linebackers. Um, I just get one of the footballs and then I just look into the stands and see who got their hands ready. And, <laughs> and normally, and normally I go towards like the front, front of the uh, front of the stands, front of the wall, and just throw with them, try to get the arm warmed up. Then I start moving myself, you know, further back. But um, yeah, man, I just, I just enjoy it, man. It's cool just being around, you know, all the kids, and you know, surprisingly, it's a lot of people that can throw the ball. Wait, really though? Absolutely. Like I've thrown it in a second level and it's like soaring. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I missed like three, four catches the last game. Oh my we gotta we like, can't have that happen. I know. That's not okay. Exactly. So that's why I'm there to be able to catch the ball and work on it. So when I get in the game and I see it coming, I'm good to go. I don't think they typically throw it from the second level of the stadium though that are in the game. I don't think you have to worry too much about that. But you know, I could be I could be dropping and a ball is you know, right, 30, right, you right. know, 35 yards in the air. I That's a be decent able to, argument. That's yeah. a decent argument. You're selling hey, me on this. It's a reason why I do stuff. I noticed that <laughs> somebody told me Lamar started doing it recently. I haven't seen it. And, and Deshaun just, it's like an infectious kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, who, who, what kid, what person doesn't imagine, who doesn't dream of just playing simple catch with one of the best quarterbacks in the league? That's so cool. It's you so, I mean, it's going to change your life, right? Like, it'll, like, it would have been awesome if, you know, going to my football game in Houston and whoever's – I think it was Case Keenum at the time yeah. where he was in, at the Texas. Lamar's a little bit better than Case Keenum. No but offense. I mean, no that, offense. That's very true. But as a as a young kid at Houston, you know what I'm saying, and you go into your first NFL game, you see these professionals that you inspire to be like, you know, in the upcoming years, and you get the chance to throw with them. I mean, what, so cool. what better, so cool. you know? Can I just say, I know this is not the Lamar Jackson show, right? But um, at 24 years old, that man has his number retired and a <laughs> statue at his university. That's insane, ain't it? That's insane. That's wild. That's crazy. Like, that's <laughs> legitimate. Like, you think that there's going to be a problem with saying something nice about Lamar Jackson around here? I mean, like, no, of course not. But like, that's, that, just, gonna be that right blows there. my mind. Like, that's actually kind of Deshaun, we talked a lot with Tyus about his outward love for the Orioles. And you've got the same thing going on, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And I want to let you talk about it because Ty's been talking about it a lot. It's a tough time to be an Orioles fan. I mean, like, it's just, it's tough right now. And yet you're constantly rocking Orioles gear. Every time we see you, you go on social wearing Orioles stuff. Obviously, Tyus is constantly of doing course. the same thing. Where did that come from? Like, you're not from here. There's no reason for you to be entrenched with an Orioles team that's just, they ain't that good right now. We hope <laughs> give, that give it two more years. <laughs> right, right. We hope that changes soon. Two, three years. Why? Like, where did that come from? Uh, well, I kind of just kind of started loving the city of Baltimore. I mean, I, I, I mean, we can, we can clap for that. Like, we can. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I first moved here, I'm being from Texas, from Dallas. It's kind of just like, it's completely different. So I was kind of like, kind of took it back by just living in, Maryland and the East Coast period, but I finally got here and then maybe like seven or eight months of being here, I'm like, dang, this is actually a great city. It has great culture, great people, and they bleed black and purple. So I was like, shoot, we catch a couple of Oriole games. And of course they're not the best team, but they definitely yet. you can tell they're yeah, they have the talent. They they keep working, they're gonna build and bring in more talent to be a great team and I mean, that orange and black kind of, that orange and white kind of reminds me of my Texas. Uh, school I get that, bit, right? So it's a little bit of a different like orange. orange. It's, it's a little, little different, different orange, orange but yeah. I, I like it. I like the, I like the O. That, that, I got this one hat um, 
from this um, designer out in LA. He made an Orioles hat with an O on it, and that that's like a throwback uh, Orioles O. I love that hat. That's my that's favorite cool. hat. That's really cool, man. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. You guys showing love like that. Yeah. All right, Tyus Bowser, Sean Elliott are here. We are at the Center Club. It is the Tyus Bowser Show. I need to let you know that if you follow a tractor trailer too closely, it can't see you and you can't see what's in front of him. Tailgating can change our lives forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. This message is brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Let's, uh, let's cut it there, and we will bring you segment number two tomorrow. You can, of course, find the entire Tyus Bowser show right now at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And we will also uh, get it posted up in the archives at glennclarkradio.com here a little bit later on today. But a lot of fun that we had despite the circumstances. I get it. Um, but uh, we talked about it, and then uh, we had some other things we wanted to talk about. In, in segment two, we dive into Marlon Humphrey's terrible takes regarding Old Bay and mac and cheese. We did something that we've been needing to talk about for a long time, and we got into it with uh, Tyus, and we got into it with Deshaun, and we had a lot of fun. So I uh, want to check that out. And again, our next Tyus Bowser show will be Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium, back in Baltimore County. You're going to want to be there for it. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get a tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Continue to get me your responses throughout the day. We will pick a winner tomorrow morning for the $50 to Glory Days Grill for Would You Rather Wednesday. And we'll continue to share out your responses as the day goes on. That said, as we wind down, it's time to get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by Project Game Day. You just heard from the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. She'll be with me for Project Game Day. Obviously not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, November 7th, when the Ravens take on the Vikings, we will have you for halftime, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and then Reed will join me for postgame. Same location as well as pressboxonline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football, as well as Window Nation and Glory Days Grill. Project game day, every game day this season. Paul, what you got, pal? All right, this is from crawfishboxes.com. What is, uh, what is it? Is that what it's called? Crawfishboxes.com. But what is crawfish boxes? Are we ordering crawfish? Um, is no, that what's... I was I was looking up um a hitting streak last night and I stumbled upon crawfishboxes.com. Um it's apparently the SB Nation uh Astro site. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But I was like I was excited. I thought maybe we were gonna have a crawfish boil. I was excited <laughs> about that. I'm down yeah, for that. May- maybe one day. I had never been to one until uh, we were down in New Orleans. And, uh, my buddy AJ, uh, you know, from jobbing out, former Terp, he said, "Bro, we're going to crawfish boil tonight." And I said, "I don't know what I'm doing." And he said, "Oh, you'll figure it out. You've been to, you you eat crabs." And I'm like, "Okay." And so like we get there, and I'm like, "What what do I do?" He's like, "Sit down, pick up a crawfish, let's go." And I'm like, "But like, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't." There's got to be a step in between, and you basically just like pop them suckers out. I had, I had a great time. I enjoyed it a great I've deal. I've always I've always wanted to try them. I just never have. Yeah, I mean, like they're not. You know, it's not it's not something you do in this region. But yeah. like we were talking about it with um Deshaun, you know, Deshaun and Tyres are both from Texas. They're much bigger down that way, Texas, Louisiana, mm-hmm. on the Gulf. Like crawfish boils are the the real deal, man. Like that's a real thing that goes on. I understand that there's like hundreds. Of them on the table because it's not oh. not a ton of oh, meat. Oh, there's not a lot there, no doubt. Yeah. Like you feel like you, you do kind of feel like you're eating an insect. Yeah, like you're like, eh. But it's good. It's good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It sounds fun. Have to do it sometime. Yep. Um, so there have been only eight men in history to have 15 plus game hitting streaks in the postseason. They are Ricky Henderson, Marquise Grissom, Alcides Escobar, Pat Borders, Hank Bauer, Derek Jeter, Manny Ramirez, and Michael Brantley. That's a lot. Yeah. Um. The only ones to ma- the only one to make it to 16 games and stop at 16 games is Pat Borders, uh, and Derek Jeter, Manny Ramirez, and Hank Bauer all got to 17 games before theirs ended. If that makes sense, I may have said that a little backwards. Eddie Rosario also has a current 11 game hitting streak, collecting a hit in every game of this postseason. So, so if it were to go to the distance, if the World Series were to go to the distance, he'd get to 17. If he were to hit, well, right, it, yeah, correct, yes. yeah, he'd get to 17. 
So the trivia is, after a two-hit performance in Game 1 of the World Series last night, Rosario mm-hmm. now has 20 hits this postseason. And with any luck, he'll enter rarefied air by series end. Only six men have ever recorded 25-plus hits in a single postseason. Who are they? I'm going to give you a hint because this could be hard because postseason baseball has been around for 100 years. It's They've all done it since 1995. Was Randy Arena last year one of them? He's number one, 29. Was he, was he the most? Yeah, 29. He had a five-game World Series. I did not realize that. but it... I've, uh, He also was, uh, played in 20 postseason games last year. I think that they had to do... I think they probably went to distance in each of the first two series. Yeah, but they only five games, and that was it. And um, and remember, they had that wild card series. Uh, Poolholz, the one year. No, I believe he's at twenty. He had he's at twenty four. <clears throat> what happened since ninety five? Jeter. No. Uh, Altuve. Jose Altuve is third. He's tied for third with three others at 25 in 2019. Um, like 90, now I'm trying to work around 90. 95 was the... Don't tell me. The 95 World Series was... No, Cleveland, Florida was 97. Don't, 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 don't. The 95 World Series is the one that Atlanta won. Mm-hmm. Their only World Series. In, in this. Um, I, still, I still don't know, though, who it would have been. Chipper Jones. No, it would have been Chipper Jones. Uh, God, it's so hard to remember who was on that 95 Atlanta team. Fred McGriff? No. I figured that you'd probably um, struggle with two of these guys and maybe a third guy. Oh, good. 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 That's helpful. Who else was on the 95 Braves team? Am I, am I right to think it was 95 Braves? Yes. Right. You're, on the, you're on the right track. He may be more famous for playing with a different team. Oh, good. But he was a big-time player for the Braves in the mid-'90s. I don't know if that's going to help me. More famous Gary Sheffield? No. Gary Sheffield played with the Braves in the late nineties, I think, early two thousands. You sure he wasn't on the ninety five Braves? He was not. Um You have three other guesses. You want to move on no, from the Braves I mean, player and come back to it? It's the only one that I've got, like, a guiding light for. Everything else, it could be anybody. Like, this is at least the one that I have a guiding light for. One of these guys, his manager is managing in the, his manager from that year is managing in the World Series this year. Christ. Um, and you have to assume that these are all years that guys went to the World so Series. So, yeah, D- Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker with the early 2000s Giants. You know, it wasn't his manager. He played on the team. I'm sorry. My apologies. My apologies. Dusty Baker managed the Giants. This guy played for the So you're the telling Angels. me it's a Giant. It's an Angel. Oh, it's an Angel. That's what my apologies. Angel. It wasn't his manager. He faced off against him. Okay, in 2002. So that would have been J.T. Snow? No. Tim Salmon? No, I think J.T. Snow was a Giant in the he was 2002 a giant World in 2002? Series. He might have been. He might have been. Garrett Anderson? No. 
Darren Erstad. Darren Erstad, 25 hits in 2002. Is there a giant on the list? Yes. Is it Pablo Sandoval? Pablo Sandoval, 26 in 2014. You have two guys left. Are there any more Giants? No. Are there any Cardinals? Yes. And it's not Albert Pujols. No. So it's Scott Rowland. No. So it's... This guy had a big postseason that year. Like, really famous. Oh, it's David Freeze. David Freeze. Yeah, Man, David I've given you a Freeze. lot of hints this well, one. I mean, bro, This one's on. hard. This, this one's hard. This is all over the place. And then there's a 95 Brave. But he's more famous for playing with somebody else, so it's not David but Justice. Potentially more famous for playing with somebody else. That's, that's now the help that you gave me. You're you're taking it right back. More famous for playing for somebody else. Ryan Klesko. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't Who, want to Who's he more famous for playing with? The Expos. Marquise Grissom. Marquise Grissom. 1995, 25 hits. I would never have gotten that in a million years. I thought I you'd re- never get Darren Erstad. Well, I mean, I, like, I remember Erstad being an important part of that Angels team. I don't remember Marquise Grissom being a significant part of that Braves team. I, I don't, he, was a, he was a leadoff hitter. I mean, I know. I believe that. Like, and I remember him being an Atlanta Brave. I just don't remember him being a, the significant part of why they won the 95 World Series. Fairness, 95 was a weird year coming off the... Um, you know, the strike. Uh, the strike and all Something that. Something that we're headed for exactly again. Right. Exactly right. All right. Very good. Tubular brought to you by when And it was a shortened season. So they only played like 130 games or something like that that year. Something Because they like started that. the they season started late. Like the end of April. Yeah. Albert Bell still had 50 homers and 50 doubles that year. Future Baltimore Oriole, Albert Bell. Uh, window Nation, Falls Calling Sale is on. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four f- windows, get four free. There's no limit. Goes on forever, plus pay nothing for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com in order to find out more. Here's what's coming up tonight, Totally Tubular. As we mentioned, Game 2 of the World Series on Fox. The Astros try to even things up. Atlanta tries to take a commanding lead going home for the weekend. It's Max Fried and Jose Urquidy is the pitching matchup for tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox. Wizards-Celtics, 7.30 on NBC Sports Washington. ESPN's got Hawks-Pelicans, the 7.30. Grizzlies-Blazers at 10. NBC Sports Washington Plus for Red Wings-Capitals at 7. NHL Network has Bruins-Panthers at 7. TNT for AEW Dynamite at 8. And then Flyers-Oilers at 10 o'clock. Fox Sports 1, LA Galaxy Sporting Kansas City at 8.30. Some non-sports highlights for the evening? Uh, on NBC, Chicago Met at 8, Chicago Fire at 9, Chicago PD at 10. The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon with guests Elton John, Ava DuVernay, and Walker Hayes at 11.35. Uh, ABC, The Goldbergs at 8, The Wonder Years at 8.30, The Connors at 9, Jimmy Kimmel Live at 11.35. They never show his guests. Um, on, somewhere. There's somewhere that you can find that, sir. Yeah, I you, promise you're right. you that. There's right. somewhere on the internet where you yeah. could go about <laughs> finding that out, out who that is. Uh, on not C- that I care all that much for what it's worth, yeah. but I hear you. I'm not a big Jimmy Kimmel guy. Uh, uh, I mean, I like him more than I like Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon looks like he's having the time of his life every time no, he does that it's, show. It's it, He's ruined late night talk. It, it's, it, it, 
he all it's formulaic. It's let's see what'll get on YouTube tomorrow. Like it's he's not funny. He's uh, he's he's he is the basic of basic. It, he is a great representation of where we are as a country at 2021. Just just look like you're doing you're having a good time. It doesn't matter if it's actually funny or not. Like what what's actually funny about someone f- pretending like they're using a pumpkin to shoot basketball? What what's the comedy in that? I But we laugh at it because eh, we're having a good time. Ah, it's silly, right? Like this is this is where we are. The lip sync battles were phenomenal. I don't know why he stopped doing them. Maybe he hasn't. I don't really watch too much late night television. I, I don't remember those. Oh, I do vaguely remember that. And well, they, they made it its epic. own. They made it its own show. Yeah, was what they did with the lip sync thing. Not for me. Uh, on CBS, CSI Vegas at ten. The Late Show with Stephen Colbert with guests Elizabeth Banks and Georgia Fox with two J's at eleven thirty-five. And on the CW, huh? her name is spelled J O R J A. J. Oh wait, Georgia who? Fox. Fox. I don't know. Georgia I'm assuming Fox. it's. it's I know Georgia Hawk. Smith. I know there's a there's a singer named Georgia Smith with two J's. I don't know who Georgia Fox is. She is apparently um, she's on ER. All right, I know nothing about her. But go ahead. And on the CW DC, DC Legends of Tomorrow at eight o'clock. All right, very good. Thanks today to when does what day of the week does the new Wu Tang episode show up on Hulu? Oh, maybe the season ended last week. That might have been the last episode of the season. Now I've been checking the streaming. There's been nothing interesting so far. Wu Tang Hulu season two. That might have been the end of the season. Now that I think about it, I don't. No, no, no. There's a new new episode, but it was yesterday. Gotta get that on your. Gotta get Wu Tang. It's a great show. It's it's such an excellent show. Okay. Wu Tang and American Saga on Hulu. Highly recommend that particular program. I do know that the uh, season of Only Murders in the Building is over because I watched the finale of that one. But um, I, I think there is at least one more of uh, Wu-Tang. All right. Um, thanks today to EJ Henderson. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Uh, we'll get that as well as Tyus Bowser's show up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. That one should stay. I'm good with that one. It's your own thing. I like that. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, coming up on the program tomorrow, because again, because we're going to do the basketball show on Friday, we're going to have um, Senator Reedy join us tomorrow to preview the college football weekend. Of course, KZ will be here for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, and we'll listen to segment number two of the Tyus Bowser program. Anything else that we've got in the hopper for tomorrow? I don't think so. Mm, no. Yeah, all right. Stuff and things tomorrow on the program as well. Thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Grade 8's Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Braves. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.